WABC New York and 1071 WLIRFM Hampton Bays. This is Sit and Friends in the Morning. Entertaining and informative. Oh, you're my best friend. 77 WABC. U.S. official says that North Korea's Kim Jong-un is set to travel to Russia to meet with Vladimir Putin to sell him weapons of war. Details on what Kim might want in exchange. A White House official saying the U.S. believes North Korean leader Kim Jong-un expects to meet with President Putin in Russia. With Moscow desperate for more weapons to use against Ukraine, the New York Times reporting in exchange North Korea wants advanced technology for its satellites and nuclear submarines, adding the meeting could happen as early as next week. Chaos at the Electric Zoo Festival when organizers tried to close the gates because the event had reached capacity. It was a huge mess and some concert goers would not take no for an answer. They went ahead, pushed through security and all the barricades that were set up because they wanted to be let inside. Concert goers seen storming the gates on Sunday after Electric Zoo began turning away music fans due to overcrowding. The chaotic moments unfolded on the final day of the three-day festival on Randall's Island. Mud delayed exodus from Burning Man. That's the counterculture art festival held every year on what is typically a dry and dusty lake bed in the Nevada desert. But over the weekend, a major downpour turned the ground there into thick mud. The cement-like sludge stranding more than 70,000 people and forcing them to shelter in place and conserve food and water. Conditions at the makeshift city quickly turned bleak. One death was reported, though there are no details yet on the cause of that death. The only road out is finally dry enough for people to slowly start making their way back to civilization. When the last guy was here, you were shipping jobs to China. Now you're bringing jobs home from China. Liar. When the last guy was here, when the last guy was here, your pensions were at risk. Liar. We helped save millions of pensions. Liar. With your help. Liar. When the last guy was here, he looked at the world from Park Avenue. I look at it from Scranton, Pennsylvania. I look at it from Claymont, Delaware. Right. He lives in Florida, you moron. Not a joke. He's been around a long time, President Trump, almost 90 years. Seen lots of presidents come and go. And I asked her flat out on this show a couple days ago. She's on every two weeks. She's become like a cult hero, you know, like a rock star right. like you. And I said, Mom, be honest, be honest, because you're like Kenny with him. I said, is Donald Trump the best president ever? He said, son, not even a question. The best president. We're talking 90 years, President Trump. That's the more yeah. Well, you know, uh, what's happening today is making me look a lot better because uh, people really like him. They love the job. And now they're saying he's better than Reagan. He's better than anybody because they're looking at these people that are in office today. And aside from being the most corrupt president, he's the worst president we've ever had.
Adult education for me. All the stories you just heard. Joe Biden campaigning in Pennsylvania yesterday. My friend Donald Trump, unlike DeSantis, Ramaswamy, he did not campaign this weekend. And when you're up 46 points, yes, his lead has once again lengthened. When you're up 46 points, you don't need to campaign. Did play one of the many cuts we'll play today of Donald Trump with me last Friday. Eric Adams in the news all over the place, got a new deal for the Staten Island Ferry. Captain's getting a million-dollar raise overall, of course, not individually. Uh, and, of course, the Caribbean parade yesterday. Funny watching the news when they go, oh, yes, hundreds of thousands of people get together, and there's never violence. There's violence every year, every year, including yesterday. In fact, uh, let me go to my news director who covers all these stories, does a tremendous job on his own show, 5 to 6 a.m. every weekday morning. My guy, Noam Layden. Noam, there was violence at the Caribbean Parade yesterday, wasn't there? Yeah, you know, it was sort of towards the end, like around 5.30 yesterday in Crown Heights. It was a messy situation, apparently, where two groups of two opposing groups met up. This is the way police described it. And there was a shooting and a couple stabbings. Oh, the people are all expected to recover, but oh, that's good. it was peaceful till about 5.30 yesterday. Okay. So for the most part, it was good. You also, thank you, heard in that open uh, these ridiculous concerts. To me, there's only one, and it took place in 1969, exactly one mile from my mother Naomi's house on Kanyanga Lake. It was called Woodstock. Anything before and anything after is a joke. I'm sorry whether it's that stupid concert they have down in Miami where they have DJs playing for three days, this Burning Man thing in the desert, the electric zoo on Randall's Island, uh, Lollapalooza, exactly Lollapalooza, all these concerts. It's a bunch of drug-daddled kids just all effed up and looking. I mean, Chris Rock, what is Chris Rock doing at the Burning Man concert? What is he doing? I know he's single. And he's got money, but that's, you hang out in the desert in a mudslide? Okay, you got to stop yourself a second, though. Yeah. You just described a lot of Woodstock. Yeah, I know, but that was it. That okay, was it. Okay. Just, and, and by the way, then, uh, that, okay, not a lot when you consider you had the Grateful Dead. I mean, you had 90 uh, Jimi Hendrix, Janis Joplin. Right. Who the hell are you going to see at Burning Man I, or, I or Electric Zoo? I agree with you. The question is this. If you were in your 20s, no. would you have no. gone? No, not my okay. thing. Okay, not I would have got myself either. a nice big band, of co- okay. big, big bag of cocaine, and I would have gone to some disco in New York City or some bar. I never, ever, ever had the desire as a kid to hang out with 100,000 dirty other kids. No, just disgusting what you see in this Burning Man. Oh, God. Come, coming out of it, and the one road out... And through the desert, too. you got to go out of Black Rock ro- uh, Road, whatever it is, in Nevada. You you break down there, you are in a heap of trouble. Well, they weren't in a heap of trouble because the rains came, and I saw some guy. He had to be in his 50s. I'm like, what are you doing there, stupid? <laughs> He's like, oh, the neighbors came up big, and we put together a makeshift kitchen. I'm like, oh, my God, stop. So you had that uh, all weekend long, and then the cable didn't work, I guess, in parts of this city. So people couldn't watch the U.S. Open, which I have to tell you, 
I'm excited for Coco Goff, and I saw a little bit of that match yesterday with the uh, the two American ladies. But for some reason, I'm not into it this year. I can't explain why. I don't know. Like, I was so hopped up on college football all weekend long. I watched every day, even uh, Clemson and Duke last night. But the U.S. Open, can't get into it. But the uh, the cable was down. Now, where was that, Noam, where people couldn't watch Channel 7 or ESPN and couldn't watch it's the U.S. Open? Spectrum. It is oh, Spectrum. Spectrum, mm-hmm. which I have. That's no, cool. no, you have that in Queens? Yeah. Do I have that? I, I don't no, know. No, I don't have that. No, you can get another service. I think I have. Uh, is it possible I've got Direct TV or you might? You know, how can no, you no, I don't have that. I've got FiOS. You could have FiOS. Right? I have oh, FiOS. Yeah, go get yeah. that's what I've got. Yeah. So how many people were not able to watch uh, the big event? No, it's a lot. I don't know the exact number, but it's one of these things that happens every couple of years when they renegotiate these deals. They're fighting over fees. Yeah. And so Eyewitness News is gone. ESPN, a whole bunch of Disney products are off Spectrum Cable. Eyewitness News. I mean, God, I saw, I watched it last night, Liz Cho, and uh, maybe that's where I, th- where I saw Anthony Johnson. Maybe it wasn't CBS. It was Channel 7. You're right. And Bill Ritter was off, thank God. He had his, um, his show Up Close, which he does like an interview show on Sunday mornings. He fancies himself like a really important political guy or something. I don't know. He's got stupid hair, and he's a, I just don't like him anymore. And uh, he wasn't there yesterday, but his up-close guest yesterday, who was it again? Some some liberal I couldn't stand. So I was happy he wasn't doing the news last night. But, man, that that, that, that newscast has gone to hell. There was a time I loved I think Ernie Anastas was there at some point. Ernie and Kaidi Tong and... Was that ABC or CBS? I don't think Ernie was ever on ABC. Maybe it was two and five. Wasn't he on with Michelle Marsh on, on uh, ABC? No, Mike, CBS. That was CBS. No, CBS was Kaidi Tang. No, no. Uh, Kaidi Tang was, was PIX, PIX, maybe? Yeah. No, no, Michelle no, no, Marsh. no, 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 no. Kaidi Tang has only been PIX for about five or seven years. Yeah, but she was And Nastis and Tang were on ABC. Well, Michelle Marsh me. was on CBS. Maybe was CBS, she was. Yeah. Maybe she was. But Nastis and Tang and Warner. Look it up for me. I don't know. But I know he used to like them very, very much. And then you had uh, Chuck Scarborough, and who was the lady that he saw drunk all the time? It was Sue Simmons. <laughs> Curtis, is saying, Curtis is saying you're right about Ernie, that he was on ABC. Thank you, Curtis. Thank you. Of course I'm right. I'm a genius. Of course he was on ABC. That was, I think that was him and Kaidi Tang. Right. Well, when you said Michelle Marsh, that's CBS. Oh, CBS. That's fine. all I'm saying. I yeah. mean, I don't... But he was on ABC, and that was the best newscast. And then Warner was there, I guess, and they had some guy afterwards named Scott Clark. Remember him doing sports? Oh, yeah. I remember Scott Clark. Yeah, he was pretty good. Anyway, it's, it's all gone to hell. They all suck now. This kid, Ryan Field, does the sports on ABC. Seems like a nice guy, don't get me wrong, but has, like, orange hair. And he wore an orange tie last night, and it was just brutal. My God. Who dresses these people? Well, you so, know what the um, problem is, is you don't need to wait for the news to watch sports anymore. No, so I know. The, I know. The, whole, the whole idea of this is kind of outdated. Well, it is, but at least if you have some type of shtick. You would still watch it. You know, Warner Wolf, let's go to the videotape. You had Marv Albert. He had all those uh, great videos. Even Len Berman had, what was it, Spanning, Spanning the World? The world right. Right. Yeah. Now, now Len Berman is an old crappy talk show host of WOR. <laughs> Warner Wolf gets arrested in Florida every other week. <laughs> and he won't come into work either. And he won't come to work either. That son of a bitch. Even, yeah. They put it in his contract. He can stay home. <laughs> I know. Well, they did that on purpose. Trust me. <laughs> But the reason why I started with adult education is for parents out there listening right now, this is the week. Now, not for my daughter. My daughter, Ava, goes to school, University of Wales, a place called Cardiff, 
in Wales, which is a 90-minute fast train ride away from London. You know the story. So she's go, going back to Europe. It's not a, a semester thing where she's studying abroad. It's a three-year plan, and she's going to start year two coming up this month. She doesn't leave until September the 19th and doesn't start school until September the 26th. So i got about two weeks left of Ava. But my son Gabriel, who is my baby, always been my baby, somehow or another, I don't know where it went, Thursday he starts high school. And I'm completely freaked out, completely freaked out. Like Gabriel in high school, my little boy. So it's a uh, rough couple of weeks coming up with the Rosenbergs. Ava going back to Europe in two weeks. Gabe starting high school on Thursday. There's a lot going on. You've been through this. Your Gabe is already in high school, right, uh, No, No, my oldest one's uh, Gabe is in college, actually. Oh, my God. Junior year of college. Yeah. And where does he go to school again? Temple University. Oh, great school, Philadelphia. Very nice. And you got two boys. I, I and I have one that's the same age as um, your Gabe. So what is his school. name again? Jeremy. And so he starts high school this week too. Yep. Yep. So is that a big deal for you? Or not really because Gabe already did it. No, it's still a big deal because yeah. he's like the youngest one. He's so the baby, right? Yeah, yeah. It's weird, right? Yeah, it is weird. Gabe and Jeremy going to high school. Nothing stops. <sighs> no, it doesn't. Man. Nothing stops. Yeah. Keeps moving. MJ just texted me, Roseanne Scamardella. Maybe he was with Ernie Anastas. Oh, maybe. She Roseanne. was for a little while. Yeah. But she wasn't like his, like the real co-host. Good job, MJ. But really, um, um, what I say? Uh, Kitey Tong and uh, one with the fat ass, the cute one. Michelle Marsh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I used to love her big ass, Dave Jennings. Dave uh, Jennings, the former Pro Bowl punter for the Giants. Great guy. The rumor was they actually yeah. had an affair. He's dead now. He can't defend himself. But no, that cannot. was the rumor. Yeah. <laughs> he loved her. There was lots of rumors. Yeah, that, lots of rumors. Yeah. He was a good man. He was a very good man. I loved him. Yes. All right. So let's get to the other uh, big news from the weekend. And I guess, well, I guess the big news dates all the way back to Friday, not the weekend, when President Donald Trump joined me for the second time in three months. Even his guy, Dan Scavino, reached out to me on Instagram yesterday. I'm becoming part of that Trump cabal there, Noam. Looks that way, doesn't it? It does. And you can hear on Friday, and Rudy Giuliani said the same thing, but after the conversation, it was more of a personal conversation. You know, he tends to, uh, goes on these other shows, and he loves Hannity. I know he does. He loves Levin and those guys. But for some reason, when he's on with me, and I certainly found a way to loosen him up right away, playing my mom's message. But when he's on with me, it seems more personal than, um, I don't know, than political. Did you get that feeling on Friday? Oh, I can tell right away that he likes you because you can, you know, you can hear when someone's smiling. Yeah, he was smiling during that interview. He really did. And at one point, he called me a street guy, and that was enough to give me a, a, a big erection right there. Didn't need Viagra. <laughs> didn't need uh, Cialis. When Donald Trump calls Sid Rosenberg a street guy, you got to love that. And okay. if you missed it, he was talking about DeSantis, and he was talking about loyalty. And street guys, as you know, Lou Rufino. Have loyalty. So here is Donald Trump on Friday talking about DeSantis's disloyalty and Sid being a street guy. This is cut number six. He was dead. He had no chance. You know, some guys have a good chance. Some guys have a little. He had no chance. He was out of politics. He was dead. He was, I mean, literally crying. So he comes up to me. And then four years later, they say, would you run against the president? Would you run? And he said, I have no comment. Now, Sid. You're a street guy. You know what? No comment means. That means he's running. I right. said, wait a minute. He's running. And then I started hitting him hard. 
And, and a lot of people call me, sir, he's a Republican. Please don't hit him that hard. I said, he's a Republican. Not to me, he's not a Republican. So I started the conversation playing a message from Trump's biggest fan, my 88-year-old mother, Naomi. You guys know that. And he loved it. So he uh, commented on Naomi's message right at the very top, right away. This is Donald Trump. He's going to send my mom a hat. This is cut number seven. My friend Donald J. Trump. Mr. President, good morning. How are you? Well, that was a nice way to start this show. You couldn't do better. That's it. <laughs> I guarantee that's your mom. That sounds like your mom. But uh, would you say hello to her for me? We're going to send her a hat or something. I'll get something over to her because she's great. I really appreciate it. Uh, thank you. And she really does love you. She's been around a long time, President Trump, almost 90 years. Seen lots of presidents come and go. And I asked her flat out on the show a couple of days ago. She's on every two weeks. She's become like a cult hero, you know, like a rock star right. like you. And I said, Mom, be honest. Be honest. Because you're like Kennedy, I think. I said, is Donald Trump the best president ever? She said, son, not even a question. The best president. We're talking 90 years, President Trump. That's a large yeah. sample. Well, you know, uh, what's happening today is making me look a lot better because uh, people really like me and they love the job I did. And now they're saying he's better than Reagan. He's better than anybody because they're looking at these people that are in office today. And aside from being the most corrupt president, he's the worst president we've ever had. So take that, that little conversation with Donald Trump sounding lively, enthusiastic, happy, and now contrast that with the guy who's in the White House right now, this decrepit, old, stupid man, corrupt Joe Biden. He Once again, he was in uh, Philadelphia this weekend and Delaware. Tried to explain to folks he was not on vacation when he was in Delaware. But let's go right to Philly because that's where he campaigned yesterday. And here he lies about 50 times. I swear to God, he lies about 50 times. There is not one thing that Joe Biden says here that is factual. In fact, it's the complete opposite of what happened. Joe Biden in Philly at his very best, Lewis. This is cut number three. When the last guy was here, you were shipping jobs to China. Now we're bringing jobs home from China. Not true. When the last guy was here, when the last guy was here, your pensions were at risk. We helped save millions of pensions with your help. Stop. When the last guy was here, he looked at the world from Park Avenue. I look at it from Scranton, Pennsylvania. I look at it from <laughs> Claymont, Delaware. <laughs> Not a joke. Oh, it's a joke. He must think we're all very, very stupid. And, of course, the age thing comes up all the time. They did a poll this weekend. Is Donald Trump, who will be 78 years old, when he wins in 2024, Donald Trump will be 78. If Joe Biden wins again in 2024, he'll be 82, but he's a complete mess. I mean, he is corrupt and a scumbag, but he's also got certainly some dimension, some, some, some issues. He's got some issues. So they did a poll this weekend, is Donald Trump too old to be president? And I saw this on MSNBC, 46% said yes, which means... The majority, 54%, said no. Donald Trump is not too old to be president. Joe Biden, 73% said yes. But yet, Joe Biden made an argument for himself this weekend in Philadelphia. This, Lewis, is Joe Biden, cut number four. Someone said, you know, uh, that Biden, he's getting old, man, I tell you what. Well, guess what? Guess what? I tell you, know, the only thing that comes with age is a little bit of wisdom. I'm, I'm, 
I've been doing this longer than anybody, and I guess what? I'm going to continue to do with your help. I don't think so. Uh, that's Joe Biden yesterday in Philadelphia. So we Hello, got a huge show back here on a Tuesday morning. New Year. See, in this business, this starts the new year. Not Rosh Hashanah coming up in two weeks. Not New Year's coming up January 1st. In the radio business, once Labor Day is over, it's a new year. Especially here, when you consider a big election day coming up, city council in November. Football season starts. Chiefs and Lions coming up on Thursday night. And now we officially start the election, the uh, presidential election for 2024 with Trump and everybody else. So, big show today once again. Curtis Lee was going to stop by. Former Miami Hurricane National Championship quarterback and a big-time player for the Cleveland Browns, Dallas Cowboys, and Miami Dolphins. My dear friend Bernie Kosar will be here. We'll also talk to Arthur Idala. Gordon Chang on the big meeting coming up between Russia and North Korea. And Carol Markowitz on how the government is treating kids with COVID back in the news. All that and more. The Tuesday edition of your favorite talk show anywhere mornings in the country. Sitting friends in the morning. Exclusively right here on Talk Radio 77 WABC. WABC. This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC. Weekend. Well, dating back to a couple of days ago, we'll get to play all of them today. Jimmy Buffett will play today, obviously. The lead singer of Smash Mouth, he passed away my age, 56 years old. And I forgot his name. What was his name again? Uh, Steve uh, Hallowell. Steve. No, you're close. Harwell. No, Harwell. Steve Harwell. And the singer you're listening to right now, Gary Wright, who had that very popular song, Dream Weaver. 
He died too. How old was uh, Gary Wright? Uh, he was eighty. Eighty. Battled yes. Parkinson's. Ay ay ay. Yeah. Ay ay ay. I don't know, bro. <laughs> I just. That's a lot of people die. That's three on the. On that's the three, weekend. right? That's right. Well, they say they come in three. So, <laughs> Buffett, Horwell, and uh, Gary Wright. People are wondering if Joe Biden is too old to run for president. <laughs> he's going to be 82, and he's completely shot. I mean, completely shot. So I did uh, mention that uh, Eric Adams, and I'm sure he'll come up in conversation with the great Curtis Sliwa, who's with me 7, 10 a.m. every weekday morning, does a fantastic job. Not good, fantastic. And he uh, spoke about a couple of issues yesterday. We don't have any of the audio of him at the um, that Caribbean parade Walking up and down the streets, telling folks it's all about safety. We saw that on the news last night. I'll get that for you, water. Yeah. But he did talk about um, the asylum seekers. Anybody else, raise your hand in the studio, Noam, Justin, and Lou. Raise your hand if you're sick and tired of people like Eric Adams, mostly Democrat leaders, calling these people asylum seekers. And you'd rather hear them call what me and Curtis call them illegals. Well, all three guys raised their hands, even Noam, who's a liberal. <laughs> all three raised their hands. Enough with the asylum seekers, Adams. But here he is talking, uh, talking him up, Eric Adams, the mayor, cut number 23. Those who are migrant asylum seekers today will be the commissioners for tomorrow. Oh, shut up. I'm is begging he you. I mean, I'm begging was you. Is he insane? I don't know what's happened to him. <laughs> this is not the same guy I was he's having insane. dinner with at Wolfgang back in um, back in February or March when I was getting close with him and meeting him for dinners and lunches. And I actually started to really like him. You know, Danielle met him a couple of times. She liked him. Not much anymore. My son. But this guy sounds like a complete buffoon. The asylum seekers of today will be the commissioners of tomorrow. You know, we got all this, uh, all these uh, union issues in the United States. You got Joe Biden telling everybody yesterday that no one has ever been better to unions than me. Nobody. Yet he wants to give all these jobs to illegals. How does that make any sense, Noam? Explain that one to me. I don't know how to explain yeah, it to you. There is no explanation. No, there's no explanation. I'm Mr. Union. I'm worried about the American worker. I'm your guy. And yet they are flooding our borders with hundreds of thousands of illegals. And people like Kathy Hochul and Eric Adams are screaming, give them jobs. Well, how does that help? Besides the fact it incentivizes these people to leave all these countries and come here. And we're out of room and out of money to begin with. How does that help? How does that help unions? Somebody explain that to me. You can't. Uh, he did do a good job, I guess, with the ferry workers, and we need the Staten Island Ferry to work, obviously. So he finally got them some money. It's been 13 or 14 years. So in all fairness, when he does something right, which is not often, I'm going to give him credit. So here's Eric Adams yesterday talking about the raise for the ferry workers, Lewis. Eric Adams, cut number 24. 13 years without a raise. That is just hard to believe. Everything is going up around you, and you're seeing your pay stagnant for 13 years. So there it is. Uh, he comes through. Hey, uh, I don't have today's clip of the day 
Usually it's from the Cats Round Table. That's a big deal Sunday mornings, 8 o'clock. Always telling both sides of the story. That's where common sense prevails. My That's usually John Mondays, Patino. but today's Tuesday, bud. Oh, today's Tuesday. Yeah, it's, Do- it's Dominic Carter. It's Dominic. Oh, it's Dominic Carter? And what is Dominic? You, what's he talking about today, Dominic? Uh, Just I... play it. God, I don't care. I only play it once a day anyway. Here's Dominic Carter talking about something. God. A soaring number of New York youngsters accidentally getting stoned and, in some cases, severely sickened by mistakenly ingesting cannabis-laced candies left around by careless adults after the state of New York expanded its legalization of marijuana. Stony Brook University Hospital on Long Island reports that the number of children it has seen after swallowing marijuana-laced edibles such as gummies has nearly tripled from five cases in 2020 to 14 cases in 2021 and 13 cases last year. This is Sid on Sports. Sponsored by Fearless Boilers on 77 WABC. Justin Ellick here with your bottom of the hour sports update. Sponsored by Pete Morgan and Peerless Boilers. Go to PeerlessBoilers.com, Pavilion Tankless.com to find a dealer near you. They're the world's best built boilers. College football's week one ended with another stunner last night. We on ring Duke beating the visiting number nine Clemson Tigers by a score of 28 to 7. And what Clemson head coach Dabo Sweeney called, quote, the weirdest game he's ever been a part of. Clemson had 12 more first downs, 48 more yards, and both threw and rushed for 200 yards, a stat that had correlated to a 108 to, n- to 0, 108 and 0 all time record. Out last night, though, as Duke topples their first top 10 program since 1989. And if college football bedlam is the appetizer, Sid's hands wrapped around my entire dome piece, my entire head, that is the main course. <laughs> That's NFL regular season football coming up this week. Of course, it's officially that time as a full slate, uh, full slate of Week One games kicks off this week on Thursday night football. The Lions and the defending champion and six and a half point favorite Chiefs in Kansas City. Locally, the Giants get the division rival Dallas Cowboys at home on Sunday night for their Week One matchup. The G-Men are three and a half point underdogs as of now for the Jets. They get set to welcome in the Buffalo Bills on Monday night football as two and a half. Uh, point home underdogs there. On the diamond, both the Mets and Yankees, they were off yesterday, but get back at it tonight. The Yanks will open up a series at home with the Detroit Tigers tonight at 7.05 p.m. Garrett Cole set to take the hill against Detroit's Alex Fayo. As for the Mets, they're in Washington to begin a series with the Nationals, also starting tonight at 7.05 p.m. Jose Quintana gets to start against Washington's Patrick Corbin. And tennis's U.S. Open quarterfinals are set in both the men's and women's brackets with action set to get underway on the women's side. At noon today, with Coco Gauff matching up against Latvia's Jelena Ostapenko, American Taylor Fritz on the men's side has his work cut out for him at 1.30 p.m. this afternoon against world number two Novak Djokovic before the two other remaining American men go head-to-head at 8.30 p.m. tonight in Francis Tiafo and Ben Shelton. A lot of good American tennis to look forward to there. Sports sponsored by Pete Morgan and Peerless Boilers. Go to PeerlessBoilers.com, PavilionTankless.com. The fun to deal near you. They're the world's best football boilers. I'm Justin Ellick on 77 WABC. Talk Radio 77 WABC. This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. But you say be just a friend. Oh, you love this friend. 77 WABC. Boy. Boy. Is this the real life? Is this just fantasy? Caught in a landslide. No escape from 
reality. Open your eyes, look up to the skies and see. I'm just a birthday to the lead singer of this great band, Queen, Freddie Mercury. Name of the kid that won the Academy Award a couple of years ago, Rami Malek, won the Academy Award for playing Freddie Mercury in the movie, which shared the name of this song. The movie sucked, but the song is great. Bohemian Rhapsody. Happy birthday to uh, Freddie. How old would uh, Freddie have been today? I was almost going to let you do the math, but I just did it. 70, no, I forgot what it was, 77? 77. He died a young man, Freddie. 45. Yeah. He died of AIDS. 77 today, the great Freddie Mercury. You know, I uh, I mentioned uh, the big week coming up because my son Gabriel starts high school on Thursday morning, which is completely freaking me out. But i got to be out twice this week at night. You know I hate doing that during the week because I'm up at 3.15 a.m. every morning. Well, Thursday night, John Katsimatidis did a uh, great thing for me and Danielle, got us a hotel room right by the uh, the big Cipriani's event, celebrating 102 years and honoring John Katsimatidis and, of course, Cousin Brucie. So that's going to be better, but I'm still out late. But later on tonight is the big dinner. That's right. Well, the second time in a couple of weeks... I'll be with Keith Kantrowitz, Governor David Patterson, and my dear friend Anthony Corona. We've got three more people coming tonight. Charlie Gasparino, Paul Carlucci, and Louis' buddy Mark Simone, a table for seven at Nello's on Madison Avenue. So I'm going back to Rockaway just to come back into the city tonight to go back to Rockaway and come here tomorrow morning. That is a bitch of a schedule. No, Lou? That's a lot. Yeah, and I'm wondering, so what is this about? You know, uh, Keith gets these guys together every couple of weeks. And these are basically the guys that run New York City. Not Eric Adams. <laughs> not Hochul. These are the guys that run the city. And I like them. You know, they're uh, the interesting guys. They're the good guys. I like them all, actually. Every one of them. So we... Uh, we went to a Met game a couple of weeks ago. Me, Kantrowitz, Corona, and Patterson, Mets and Pirates, and tonight's a dinner. Just kind of like a uh, kind of a men's club. Now, usually, a lot of the guys that are at dinner tonight dine with John and Margot every week. A lot of them. What we're missing, in fact, is Larry Kudlow and John Katzmatis, and we got the real dinner. But at any rate, big dinner coming up tonight. Very exciting. 
Look and how excited you are for I, me. I am excited because I'm, <laughs> I'm going through the personnel and I'm thinking, yeah, and not not me, no, not good for you. I don't, I don't think. Well, you've got how many super egos do you have at a table? Simone has no ego. No, <laughs> no, he does not at all. <laughs> he has the subtle ego. Are you kidding? He looks down on so many people on the air. He does. Oh my God. Well, you know, that guy was a reject from another station. He's really yeah. not that good. He's, he's, I don't know. Well, he's not going to pull that crap with me because, no, not, a, I, a, I kick his ass in the ratings, and, B, I can certainly kick his ass physically. I'll rip that uh, that uh, wiggle up in two seconds. Well, let me, well, let me but I like I yeah, like Mark Simone. Well, I like I him a lot. The correct term would be toupee. Shut up. I like him a lot, actually. So. I still, uh, yeah. Well, let me. I, I don't know. I could run something. I, I mean, it kind of runs this by you. I mean, I, 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 I still could be on the air. Then I could play. You know. But, but I love how you do that other thing. That's great. Well, thank you, Mark. I love that part. So the migrant crisis still remains uh, the big, big topic. We'll get Curtis Sliwa stopping by in about fifteen minutes. And it was everywhere this weekend between Katz and Cosby. I guess that was yesterday or Friday. Fox News. It was everywhere. And some of my favorite New Yorkers actually spoke about the migrant crisis, one being Mr. Rockland County. He's on this show all the time. In fact, I think I helped get him elected. I really do, and he'd agree with that. Our friend Mike Lawler, Mike was on Fox talking about the migrant crisis and stated the obvious, which is close the border. Lewis, Mike Lawler, cut number 14. Well, look, we could speed up the work authorization, but it's not going to solve the problem here. Uh, since Joe Biden became president, you've had over five and a half million migrants cross the border uh, illegally. Uh, many of these asylum cases uh, are taking two to three years to be heard. And when they are finally heard, uh, they're being rejected, 70 percent of them. Uh, in New York City, a sanctuary city, they've taken in over 100,000 migrants uh, since last year. And so they can't handle the overload. Uh, and so just, you know, expediting the work authorization here is not going to solve the problem. Even the deputy mayor uh, of New York City admitted as much last week that unless we deal with the crisis at the border, uh, the problem is going to persist in New York City. Want to know how Mike Lawler feels about the governor, Kathy Hochul, the mayor, Eric Adams, or Senator Chuck Schumer? This is Mike Lawler, Lewis, cut number 15. You know, the governor, uh, Governor Kathy Hochul and Mayor Adams have been woefully inept uh, in dealing with this. Uh, Senator Schumer, the Senate majority leader, has done absolutely nothing uh, as the, the representative of New York and the Senate majority leader. House Republicans passed uh, the Secure Our Border Act, H.R. 2, back in April. Uh, this is an absolute disgrace, uh, what has happened here. Uh, and the failures on the part of the White House... Uh, and the governor and the mayor, uh, as well as the Senate majority leader, who refuses to do anything about this at all. Seems to be a mix-up sanctuary city, right to shelter. As far as I know, right to shelter is for Americans, as far as I know. But um, uh, one of my favorites, Vito Fosella, the borough president of Staten Island, was on with Katz, Katz and Cosby, and he talked about the right to shelter. This is Vito Lewis, cut number 16. That's right to shelter consent decree needs to be challenged, modified, fixed, clarified, whatever it is, because what individuals who support it say is if a million people showed up in New York City tomorrow, New York City would have an obligation to house them, accommodate them, feed them and everything else. And I think anybody with a half a brain would say that's completely insane. And anybody of, of significance 
should should challenge it. We've called upon the state legislature to convene a special session of the legislature to address this issue. And even if it requires a constitutional amendment to clarify once and for all, it needs to be done. And one more former vice president, now Republican candidate and a crappy one, but Republican candidate for president, Mike Pence who has about as good of a chance to win as Mio Lu does. He was on with Katz, Katz and Cosby, talking about the migrant crisis and talked about Remain in Mexico, another, another great implementation by Donald Trump. This is Mike Pence, cut number 13. New York is not alone. Every major city in the country is is busting at the seams, as you said, Rita, with this avalanche of millions of people that have been let to come into our country. What you do is you do what we did before. Number one, of course, you finish the wall, which I'd do if I became president. But also, Rita, I negotiated what came to be known as the Remain in Mexico policy that ended illegal immigration and asylum abuse almost overnight. It reduced it reduced illegal immigration and abuse by 90 percent. Uh, before that pandemic hit, then we added Title 42 to that that allowed us uh, to essentially, you know, send people back over the border immediately. And Joe Biden comes in, he stops construct incoherently, stops construction of the wall. Contracts had already been let. Everybody's building out. You can go down there now and see and see, you know, literally miles of girders laying on their side, rusting in the sun, because for some reason. He shut down the border wall, but then he worked to undo Remain in Mexico, undo Title 42. You put all those things into effect, uh, you will secure the southern border of the United States. I promise I'll do it if I become president of the United States. We'll put it back into effect on day one. Yeah, so will Donald Trump. But thank you for that, Mike Pence. All right, big guest list about to come your way. Three hours of great guests, including Curtis Sliwa, former Miami great and Cleveland Browns Pro Bowl quarterback Bernie Kosar. We'll talk to Gordon Chang, Arthur Idala, Carol Markowitz, and more. The number is always 1-800-848-WABC, 1-800-848-9222. Wrapping up an amazing hour number one on the Tuesday edition of Sitting Friends in the Morning. Right here on Talk Radio 77, WABC. Happy birthday, Freddie Mercury.
7 WABC. This is Sit and Friends in the Morning. No, I get by with a little help from my friends. Appreciate this. Curtis Sleeway's got about 20 cats a year of the cat, but there was another reason why we played this song this morning. This song, Year of the Cat, is an Al Stewart song, and today happens to be Al Stewart's birthday. How old Lewis is Al Stewart today? 78. 78, Al Stewart. Give me some more before we get to Curtis. Year of the Cat. And you follow till your sense of which direction completely disappears. This happens to be a Mark Simone favorite. <laughs> I made that up. I don't know. But my next guest, of course, is on this morning, every weekday, because he's just fantastic. He really is great. Gets big ratings on his own shows, noon to one, every weekday afternoon, all weekend long, doing overnights. And, of course, here, he's the icon, the legend, Mr. Guardian Angel, New York hero, Curtis Sliwa. And uh, listen, every time I see the mayor, Eric Adams, on the news, I hear him speaking somewhere. You are the first person I think of. And every time I see you, you show me something that is another blemish on the city. For example, already earlier this morning, you sent me a video, which you can see in the New York Post online edition today, where there's some psycho beating the living daylights. I mean, folks, it is violent. It is disturbing. It is scary. Some psycho beating the living daylights out of some lady with her own cane went on for about two minutes. No cops, no bystanders, nothing. And uh, that is Eric Adams' subway system, isn't it? Exactly. Five trillion cops uh, at Juve and the West Indian Caribbean Day Parade. No violence, right? No violence. Get out of here. There's violence every year. I'm there. Last year there was violence. I I was calling in Dominic Carter at 3 o'clock in the morning in the middle of Juve looking for the drones, the drones, (laughs) you know, the big thing, the drones. No drones. Drones in Israel. And look, it's a great parade, and I love those people. I love the Jamaicans, Trinidad, Tobago. now, now. Those are great people. Yes. Great people. All the West Indians, right? All of them immigrants. They're turning on Eric Adams. They're stopping me during the parade. They're saying, what the hell is this? Who are these people? I had to wait. I had to wait three, four, five years before I could come here to Flatbush and Crown Heights. Well, you wouldn't know that if you watch Liz Cho like I did on Channel 7 because they show a video of Mayor Eric Adams walking down the parade, waving, talking about how safe this city is, and that's all concern, well, how beautiful well, the day was. How safe. And none of that is true. Ten trillion cops you needed out there along the line of march, and all the politicians leave at 4 o'clock. Where was this parade? Right along Eastern Parkway. Eastern Parkway. Okay. Right, right past 770 Eastern Parkway. Right. The world headquarters of the Lubavitch. I had to make a stop there and go into the bathroom. And everybody goes, 
You're not going to be able to get in there. I said, what are you talking about? I saved these people back when there was the pogroms here, right? When Sharpton was leading, along with a very silent at that time, Eric Adams supporting the rioters against the Lubavitch, right? I went in the bathroom. It was like homecoming. They high five in the Wait, wait, wait. But you just said something that um, I hope is true. You said Eric Adams, the mayor, was actually supporting the rioters? Of course. Is he, that his job? He was a cop at the time, but he supported Sharpton and all everyone else so who incited you, the crowd. This was after the uh, the Yankel stabbing in Crown Heights? Is uh, that Yankel what you're talking about? Yes. Yeah. Uh, that occurred. He was stabbed multiple times, and there was just three days of rioting. We were there, the Guardian Angels, for three straight days when there were no cops, when they were pulled back by David Dinkins, and then three months thereafter. I hope the leaders remember that the next time around in the election, because the last time they said, we love you, Curtis, we love the Guardian Angels, but we made a deal with Eric Adams. You made a deal against your own people. But let's get to that videotape that Eric Adams doesn't want seen, because a black woman probably voted for Eric Adams because his complexion is his protection. She has a cane. She's at 116th Street waiting for the train. And then this guy grabs the cane from her, hits her more than 50 times. you got to look at this video. You're going to cry. Look, I have seen many beatings in my lifetime. We have intervened to stop beatings as guardian angels. You, you, you yourself has received many. I mean, in the oh. seven years since I've been back, you've come into work with a broken jaw twice. Well, when I was growing up in Canarsie, you know how many beatdowns I would get? Everyone, tough guy. You're not a tough guy unless you got a beat down. You caught a beat down. Never mind. You gave a beat down. Well, that's down. what they said in Goodfellas. And you it's know, true. Everybody deserves a beating every oh, now and then. Hey, I've man. got my ass kicked up and down all over every borough from being thrown down the stairs at the Palladium to right? taking to taking a, uh, what do you call those things? Right outside, I got hit in the face oh, outside of the knuckles. Brass yes. knuckles. Oh, yes. yeah. Oh, that's bad. Or when they got a roll of dimes in their hand, it's like brass knuckles. But anyway, this beating. This mayor had better address this. This cycle not only hits her repeatedly, but she's on the ground. She's begging for mercy. He hits her more and more and more. His pants are falling down. He picks her up. He hits her more and more. You know who's photographing this and videoing this? A token booth clerk. It went viral. He wouldn't come out of his booth. Nobody else would intervene. The cops never showed up. Why? Of course, they were getting triple overtime at the West Indian Caribbean Day Parade, right? <laughs> yeah. Look, I'm looking for drones. What the hell are you going to say about this woman who was savagely beaten? I thought you had cops throughout the subway system. This is maybe the worst beating I have ever seen. The guy ends up punching himself in the head. He's so psycho. And then after he finishes punching himself in the head, she's down on the ground. She can't move. He starts punching her in the oh, head geez. over and over. Now, did the guy ever get arrested? Nah, are you kidding? Come on. No. Well, that's the 28th Precinct. Remember, they were photographing me and fingerprinting me after my last arrest at Gracie Mansion. They had 20,000 cops in the precinct there. Get out of here. This city is out of control. No, I know. And Eric Adams, every couple of days, tries to convince us the city is back. Back to what I don't know. But you did send me something, on the other hand here, that is good. Uh, unlike the story you just talked about, which is you sent me a story about how now local uh, store owners are defending themselves oh. against these shoplifters, which is another huge issue here in New York City. Huge. Right. But in New York City, unfortunately, these store owners, for the most part, are afraid. 
you got to look to California because in California they're actually going to pass a law in the uh, in Sacramento, the state legislature, banning anyone from intervening in any kind of shoplifting unless they are a licensed, trained uh, professional guard, which could be an off-duty cop, right? That means everybody, you basically stand there with your three-piece set in your hand and watch people come in and just steal everything. The ethnic groups, the first immigrants, you know, the first wave of immigrants, you saw the Sikhs. Remember, the Sikh guys beat the hell out of that that crypt, that gangbanger in Stockton. And then there were the Chinese guys. These guys come into this jewelry store, thinks he's going to get away with stealing. They took out sticks. They beat him so bad. He was running down the street. He had no clothes on. They're always pulling up their pants. Hey, (laughs) idiots, why don't you get a belt? You know where they don't give you a belt in prison, huh? Well, guess what? The next spot for you should be in prison. And, I mean, they gave him a whooping. So what does the state legislator want to pass a bill? Banning you, if you're a shop owner, from ever physically intervening. Basically, you just have to watch them steal everything and hope that they don't hurt you. I... That scene from, uh, oh, Bronx Tale says it all. Chaz Palminteri, they hand out the bats after he tries to convince the bikers, hey, let, let's play nice. They won't play nice, and he goes, now you don't go anywhere. Well, now the exact, no, the exact line is, now yous can't leave. Exactly. Now and they yous, it's a classic the line. the hell out yeah, of them. Kick their asses. That is old school. That works. Everybody in the neighborhood knew. I'll never forget the time I met with Benny H. Mangano, right? He was number two to the chin. Outside of the triangle. <laughs> Angle uh, social club there on Sullivan Street in Greenwich Village. Yeah, kid, you see, we don't kill them. We we make we make them wear casts. We break their arm. We break their 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 leg if they walk into a store and they steal. And then they gotta walk through the neighborhood, and everybody knows you don't come in here and try to steal anything because they got that cast on. How'd you get that cast? Well, uh, yeah, we know how you got that cast. <laughs> yeah, you don't go stealing in our neighborhood. You don't go in the mom and pop stores. Oh. You see, that's old school. And that's what merchants have got to do. Look, if you're a big chain store, you somehow write it off and you close the store. But a mom-and-pop shop, how do they write it off, Sid? And then if they lose the store, they lose everything. Oh, they got nothing. We're talking about first-generation immigrants. These seats, tough guys, they're warriors from the Punjab. They don't take anything, right? They got the schmatas on their head. You come into their store, you steal Bang! Bang! <laughs> yeah. And I'm cheering them on. Break the leg. Break the shoulder. Teach them a lesson because then they go out in the streets and they say, what happened to you? Man, you don't want to go in that store over there, man. They, they, they give you a whooping. Talking about the streets, I was uh, walking down Cross Bay Boulevard a couple of days ago, me and Danielle and mm-hmm. my son, mm-hmm. and we bumped into a very good friend of mine. You continued to malign, which I wish you wouldn't do because it doesn't make any sense because he has become the target of the people that you hate. And I'm talking about my good friend Eric Ulrich. He's got a new book out, a children's book about pets, and uh, he's getting screwed royally by the mayor, by the Manhattan DA, Alvin Bragg. They've lied about him. He doesn't owe all that money they claim he owes to all these mob families. They've destroyed his life. And when he was looking for the mayor to kind of back him up just a little bit afterwards, the mayor turned his back on him. So while you continue to malign Eric Ulrich, you should really come to the realization you're on his side. Actually, I looked at his self-published book because it's about animals, pets. And, you know, that's my passion with my wife, Nancy. I saw, though, that he, he had devised a jury as if it was his own jury of 12. They were all dogs. 
because he wouldn't have had cats on that jury because they would have found him guilty and locked him up and thrown away the key. Lock him up for what? And by the way. For what? Well, well. I don't know. Well, he didn't do anything. Yeah, yeah, sure. No, he, he did nothing. He can't lock him up for nothing. It's like Donald Trump. Lock him up for what? Do you know what the title of the book is? I do, yes. If pets could vote, yeah. I would have been mayor of the city of New York. <laughs> Eric hey, Ulrich. Let me ask you a question. You don't think, and of course, you're my number one choice, yes, and yes. you'll be the next mayor, and I'll make sure of that. You don't think Eric Ulrich would be a better mayor than Eric Adams? No. Really? No, no, the guy. Oh, uh, uh, you're nuts. Yes, the banana, you are nuts. The He's banana, a Republican. The banana crime family was run city hall. You can't even owe six hundred thousand dollars in a bit. He does not hey, owe that. That's a complete by the lie. Way, I'm going to trust me. That's a complete I'm lie. I'm going to suggest that no. you and Bernie Kosar do an intervention <laughs> because you guys have had gambling problems in the past. I got to tell you a story about Bernie Kosar. I love him. What a quarterback! Well, he's coming up in about twenty minutes. I mean, do, do, do you know that I went to University of Miami? I mean, because of Bernie Kosar, they had just beaten Nebraska in the national championship. Of course, we had a condominium in Hallandale anyway, and I love Miami my whole life. But Bernie Kosar was the reason why I went. And how about now? You're talking about 40 years later, he and I are the best of friends. Oh, no doubt. Well, you did share that proclivity of gambling, gambling with Eric Oldridge. <laughs> no, that's not true. But let me tell you. This guy, I'm in the middle of a meeting about Guardian Angels coming to Youngstown, Ohio, which is like little Chicago. That's where he's from. Very Intense. Good. That's right. Very intense. The best quarterbacks in the world come from the Pittsburgh area and Youngstown Warren area. I you, mean, they've you, had, got, you got Dan Marino. You got Joe Namath. You've oh, got Bernie Kosar. Oh, let's not forget Kelly. Right, right. Yeah. Kelly. Uh, great. And Montana. They're all from that area. And don't forget, Jim Kelly, when I went to Miami and Howard Schellenberger was the coach, I've told this before, they had four quarterbacks on the roster. One was a guy named Mark Rick, who went on to become a very, very great coach for Georgia, Miami, and other schools. The other three quarterbacks on that roster, Vinny Testaverde, Bernie Kosar, and Jim Kelly. I'm surprised Two of those guys from generally in Miami, if you pick four of the former uh, Miami University hurricane players, one of them would be in jail. <laughs> yes, that's Either why. Either for bringing in, you know, but, kilos of cocaine or doing uh, bank listen, robberies. That's why when we played Notre Dame, they actually nicknamed the game the convicts versus the Christians. I could never understand this. You go around the NCAA, how many guys in their history have been arrested for bank robbery while they were starring <laughs> on the team and they would go in without a mask and yeah. they would say, hey, I know you, oh, your head's right. You're the world's <laughs> fastest human being. Oh, you're talking about the great Dallas Cowboy wide receiver. Yes. Oh, yes. I mean, I, but there's a history of it. But you caused me to digress. So there I am in Youngstown. Uh, there's a movement to stop the Guardian Angels. And an assistant coach comes in from Youngstown State. And I say, Ron Jaworski, right? The Polish rifle. Because, you know, I'm part Polish. Yes. He goes, yeah, I'm here for Sliwa and the Guardian Angels. No kidding. James Traficant, who had the worst rug in the world, the congressman who eventually went to jail, right? His aide would say, oh, no, no, we want Sliwa. And, and, it's, and I think it was the trainer, Boom Boom Mancini, was there from Warren, which is right next door to Youngstown. Oh, Sliwa is the best. It turned into a courtesy with Super Sports Spectacular. What year was this? Oh, this is back in the 80s. Early 80s. Back in the because 80s. Because Kosar won the championship in Coral Gables in 1983. In fact, Youngstown was so bad, I'm at the chapter leader's home, right, staying overnight, Ron Young. 
and they stole the aluminum siding off the side of his house that <laughs> night and brought it to the junkyard. I mean, it was bad. Now, do they send the Guardian Angels, or do you send the Guardian Angels, I should say, to these uh, ridiculous concerts all over the country? The, we had issues at the Electric Zoo concert on Randall's Island on Saturday. Yes. That ridiculous Burning Man concert in the desert in Nevada. They had issues all weekend long. Do you actually have Guardian Angels uh, there at these uh, ridiculous concerts where hundreds of Thousands of kids and adults do drugs and do nothing else but get into trouble. Oh, Molly, ecstasy <laughs> yeah. and LSC. By the way, um, uh, wrong way, Lou Rafino would have been upset when I substituted for you yesterday because we were playing electronic dance music, Calvin Harris, all morning long, which oh, is the music God. of Burning Man and the Electric Zoo, which I love that music. But, no, these are privileged white kids who live on blind trust. You know, all of a sudden they get freaky-deaky. They think it's Woodstock, like you were mentioning, 1969. They'll never, ever be able to do another Woodstock. Stop it. Stop, right? First of all, it's too commercial. Everything is commercialized now. And then you saw the one black man who was out at Burning Man. What the hell Chris is Rock? Chris Rock from Chris Brooklyn Rock? doing out there? I know, there? what a joke. I mean, he was the only black man. He's They're single. all white boys from Silicon Valley. That's the point. He's single, and he likes the white women. Oh, Hey, where the white women at? You oh, know. my God. And he's, <laughs> he's sludging through mud for six miles. He's in the back of a pickup truck. One thing I would advise black men. Never get into a pickup truck that is being driven by white guys. Now, that is a very, very good recommendation, especially if there's a Confederate flag in the back. Oh, my God. Uh, one more for you. You and I are not that far removed from uh, doing two rallies together in Brooklyn. Yes, so yeah. a highlight, highlight from me, uh, Floyd Bennett Field, and then, of course, a parking lot in Flappish Avenue at Toys R Us. As far as I know, Floyd Bennett Field and Fort Tilden, still no illegal, still none. And I know that you did a lot of work at St. Johnsville Academy on Staten Island, Creedmoor and Queens, too. Uh, all these places, yes. are you going back to any of these places? Yes. And how oh, does it look in terms of first of all, First off, we must deport everyone on Staten Island. They have run a barricade around St. John's Villa Academy. Uh, I played audio all weekend long, very respectfully, and I'm cursing. But when they try to sneak the buses in under the cover of darkness, all the grandmothers are there sitting, you know, in their, in their lounge chair, their beach chairs, and they're screaming at him, go back to Manhattan. They want you in Manhattan. We don't want you here. And the buses back up because the illegals on the bus say, why the hell would I want to be out here? I could be at, oh, I could be at the hotels in Midtown Manhattan. You know, I get three squares. I get to hang out, smoke weed, drink cerveza. I get to party hardy until the break of dawn. 41 illegals arrested at the Roosevelt Hotel since 41? May. 41? 41! What, what are they getting arrested for? And they're beating up their old ladies. Oh, they're fighting. They're stealing. In fact, in some of these hotels they've gone, forget stealing the little soaps and the little shampoos. Uh, and stealing the robes and the sheets. They're stealing everything they can get their hands on and then selling it outside. Oh, yeah, yeah. Hey, Eric Adams, how about doing some security of your the people you've invited into our city? You have prioritized them while they smoke uh, weed and drink cerveza. Well, guess what? Look at the people at St. John's Villa Academy. They're saying they don't want these illegals. Go back to Manhattan. And tonight... I'm going to be out there with the people at 6 o'clock, the mother of all rallies, the epicenter of the battle to save our city, to save our state, to save our country, is right there in Staten Island. Scott Levato, 
Jan Tobacco, the rebels, because I am a rebel just like them. Politicians can talk, lawyers will go in and out of court, but we, the people, will battle you, Eric Adams, to the day we die. No more illegal aliens. Take care of the people who got you to be mayor. African-American, black people that you have put to the back of the line, like that 60-year-old black woman, savagely beaten on 116th in Lennox, and you still haven't caught the perp. One morning comes and you're still with her. On the bus and the tourists are gone. And you've thrown away your choice and lost your ticket. So you have to stay on But the drumbeat strains of the night Remain in the rhythm of the newborn day You know sometime you're bound to leave her But for now you're gonna stay In the year of the cat Entertaining and informative. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC. Sun is hot and that old clock is moving slow. And so am I. The workday passes like molasses and the winter time. Yeah, but it's July Getting paid by the hour And noted by the minute The boss just took me over the limit I love to call in something But I think I'll just call it a day It is 5 o'clock somewhere. I'm not sure where, but according to the late, great Jimmy Buffett, it's 5 o'clock somewhere. Jimmy passed away. It may have been Friday. Saturday, I don't remember. We've detailed uh, three deaths already, paid homage to two of them. Gary Wright, although Lewis did not play Dream Weaver. He hates it. I like it. Uh, this one, Jimmy Buffett, and we still haven't played uh, Steve Harwell yet. He's my age, 56, lead singer of Smash Mouth. Hey, now, you're an all-star. He uh, died this weekend, too, so a lot of people be uh, dying on us. Bo Deedle is still on vacation. God bless his heart. Why wouldn't he be? I'd be on vacation, too, although not Greece. Did you see the beautiful Greece, John and Margot Katsimatidis? Really, John's. Margot's from Indiana. John's homeland is being barraged by rain. They're getting, like, floods. Athens is about to be in big trouble, but uh, Bo will be on vacation, and he'll be back uh, next Tuesday. So uh, in his stead this week, I've got two quarterbacks. Coming up next, a great buddy of mine won a championship for Miami back in 1983 when he beat Nebraska. Went out to have a great NFL career with the Cleveland Browns, Dallas Cowboys. He won a Super Bowl as Troy Aikman's backup in 1993. Then he backed up Dan Marino in Miami, but... He's been through so much brain injuries, and now he's helping out so many people with that, plus a very astute political guy, the great Bernie Kosar, coming up next. And Thursday, Bo Deedle's other spot coming up at 9, 10 a.m., former 
Super Bowl winner for the New York football giants, and now one of the stars of the NFL Today on CBS, Phil Simms. All this as we get ready for week one of the NFL season. The Chiefs will host the Lions coming up on Thursday night locally. It's the Giants and Cowboys. I'll be there coming up on Sunday night. And Monday night, Aaron Rodgers makes his Jet debut on 9-11, hosting Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills. Also still to come today, you've got Arthur Idala. He's coming up at 8-10, famed defense attorney. 8-40, Gordon Chang. What's going on with Kim Jong-un and Putin? Will North Korea and Russia get together in this war, which is now 19 months old, between Ukraine and Russia? And Carol Markowitz, New York Post writer, she made the move from New York to Miami. She got really boga. She got sick of the New York politics and the COVID and the schools. We'll talk to Carol Markowitz coming up at 9:10. So a lot to do. When sit in friends in the morning, talk with Donald Trump. People listen. Well, you know, uh, what's happening today is making me look a lot better because people really like me and they love the job I did. And now they're saying he's better than Reagan, he's better than anybody. Hear the full interview anytime at WABCRadio.com. I look at the scene of New York and it looks like Bangladesh. <laughs> <laughs> It's not a good situation. Sit in friends in the morning. Weekdays at 6, 77 WABC. Crosby, Stills, and Nash, Ohio. Bernie Kosar is driving through his hometown of Youngstown, Ohio, as we speak. Once again, Bernie, back in 1983, led Miami to a 31-30 win over Tom Osborne and Nebraska, getting the Hurricanes their first ever national championship under Howard Schnellenberger. Went on to become a great pro quarterback for the Cleveland Browns between 1985 to 1993. 93, he backed up. Troy Aikman in Dallas, they won a Super Bowl together. And from 94 through 96, he backed up Dan Marino in Miami, his home state of Florida, where he lives now. Just one of the all-time greatest people you'll ever meet. He's been through a lot over the years. We reconnected after a very, very solid friendship just a couple of months ago. Here he is, my dear friend Bernie Kosar. Bernie, good Tuesday morning. How are you, buddy? Uh, great Tuesday morning and honor to be on with my great friend Sid Rosenberg and actually living in northeastern Ohio, commuting down to South Florida these days and right in Kent State outside where you just played the Crosby, Stills and Nash um, song from Sid. And it gave me some eerie feelings of remembering when Curtis was on last segment as I'm driving to Youngstown today, and he was throwing out some of those nuggets from uh, from the Youngstown days of Ray Boom Boom Mancini, uh, Ron 
the Polish rifle Jaworski, James Trafficant. Those are some names from Youngstown that in the uh, car bomb era, though, <laughs> yeah. very fortunate to, to be alive these days. I think uh, uh, the former Ohio State Championship coach, Urban Meyer, is from that area, too. But So you're listening to the show right now, what, on the app, or how are you listening in, in Ohio? Yes, we listen on the app in the morning. We're, we're big, you know, Sid, after all the years of you and me going, uh, going together. And it's actually ironic. Class, I'm, I'm super honored and humbled this week, um, the week before 9-11, 22 years ago, and um, for, to be on the show. Um, I, think about, I think about what you and me have been through on our journey and stuff. And on 9-11 and, um, this week when the Jets and the Bills play, I think 22 years ago when, when Boomer was announcing Monday Night Football and the game was late that night, same thing. It's back then in the old Meadowlands and stuff. Well, back then, and, actually, the, the game that year, believe it or not, uh, was the 10th. It was the night before because 9-11, Bernie, came out on a Tuesday. 9-10 was Monday night. And I'll tell you the whole story. The exact game was my Giants. The Giants had lost to the Baltimore Ravens in the Super Bowl. So they were in Denver taking on uh, Brian Greasy, Ed McCaffrey, and the Broncos. They got blown out. They flew all the way back to Newark Airport the next morning, and Jim Fossil, who just died last year, the great coach of the Giants, a dear friend of mine, told me that when they pulled up to Newark Airport and pulled up to their gate, they parked right next to United Flight 93, which was the plane that crashed in Shanksville, Pennsylvania. So 9-11 was a Tuesday that year, Giants and Broncos the night before. Pretty eerie, huh? Yeah, well, what my point was because Boomer was announcing the game and we were all watching it and his whole staff, he had his office back and his foundation was at the Cantor Fitzgerald building. And because it was a late game on Monday night, everybody was late getting to the office on Tuesday. And because of Monday night football and because of Boomer announcing so many of the, uh, unfortunately, so many people for the Ken Fitzgerald people were there, but because yeah. we were watching Boomer, a lot of the other people yeah. didn't go in the office. No, you're there. right. We, you know, you look at the number that day, and nearly 3,000 perished at the old World Trade Center site, and believe it or not, we were lucky uh, because really what they wanted to do was hit those buildings, and instead of the buildings come crumbling straight down, which they did, which was horrific enough, the intention was to have those buildings fall forward all over the financial district in Manhattan and kill people all over the city. So believe it or not, as horrific as it was, 3,000 dead, we did get kind of lucky because of what you said. It was still the summer. There was a football game the night before. People were kind of late for work, and uh, they didn't do the exact damage they were looking to do. This is uh, the great Bernie Kosar. So I played a quote from Trump, and he was on the show with me on Friday, Bernie. And one thing about you is... Always one of the brightest football players I've ever met. I mean that sincerely. Uh, you love the game, and you're a terrific quarterback, but you paid attention to a lot of stuff. I don't know if you're a Trump supporter like I am or not. Do you um, do you talk a lot about the presidential race coming up in 2024? You know what? I was I was really active in my youth in the presidential races and the politics and stuff, and now and now the extremism is on both sides has me really challenged from both of it. And, um, you know, last last week, last Thursday, in the last month when I was on the show, last Thursday was um, su- um, 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 Overdose Awareness, International um, 
Overdose Awareness Day last Thursday. And we talked about myself and having a lot of some of those issues and not wanting to be that statistic. This month is Suicide Prevention Month, and there's so many issues with that going on now. And when I look at the, the old days of Democrat and Republican and, and the extreme fighting that's been going on on both sides of it, those type of issues that I just mentioned, whether it's uh, um, the fentanyl issue and the overdose epidemic that's in the country or the suicide issue that's just not within us football players, but was within so many of our veterans and stuff, um, that, that the Democrat and Republican thing doesn't, doesn't really see any boundaries in those type issues. And since I was one of those guys that I'm embarrassed to say post-Labor Day, could have been one of those post-Labor Day statistics right yeah. now. Yeah. Um, I'm just, I really want to see whether it's Donald Trump and the Republicans or Joe Biden and the Democrats right now. When I was younger, I was more extreme with that. But now as I see the ramifications of, of, of opiate addiction, of Adderall use, of Vyvanse, of the fentanyl um, addiction, the suicide rates going, um, we've talked through some of our friends like, like Junior Seau and Dave Durison, who haven't come out the, uh, didn't come out the other side of this, and you know, trying to really just make a difference now for people as, um, as I get emotional thinking about 9/11 and you know the, the people that went, the first responders that went to help that day, the ones that were we that, that were fortunate enough not to be in that, yet were the first ones there, and the ones that didn't even get hurt. But yet the, the health consequences that so many of them had that saved so many lives that day, mm. the cancer rates that they had post post uh, saving all those lives, um, um, the mental illness, uh, the stuff that their families had to go through. I just hope that all of us, whether it's Donald Trump or the Democrats right now um, with Joe Biden, with, um, whoever comes out of this, we really addressed a lot of these social issues that have touched so many of us. Well, Bernie, you mentioned uh, Junior Seau and Dave Dorison, and both of those guys did commit suicide. Dorison won a Super Bowl with the Bears. He played with the Giants. Junior Seau, one of the greatest linebackers ever. And both of those guys supposedly uh, killed themselves uh, direct to brain injuries, brain injuries they suffered uh, while they played in the National Football League. And you went through a ton of that. You went through, what, 20-plus years. You and I became friendly all the way back in, uh, I guess, around 2006, 2007, and you were looking for help with your brain issues. You must have played, I don't know how many games with concussions. You didn't even know it. But you have uh, you have seemed to find the answer, at least in your case, thank God. And what was that? Yeah, you know what? It's, un- it's, it's sometimes embarrassing to admit to have had all the – all the surgeries, um, all the broken bones, the concussions to have been on 50 different pills for three different decades for the good majority of this century and to not to not know how to find a way out of basically the pharma, the pharma addiction and control that really had over my mind and my body and stuff. So super proud to have really five years ago to have started a whole holistic regiment that Actually, ironic, up in up in New York with Aaron Rodgers getting the to, the honor of playing Jets quarterback on on Monday night against the Bills and nine eleven. And ironically, I started by my journey of with uh, with ayahuasca myself almost uh, 
five and a half years ago. And that's taken me down a whole holistic path where over in five years, I, I haven't had to do a, haven't had to do a pill. And for a guy who was four years ago diagnosed with said on the show last time, five years left of cognitive brain health, where I wasn't able to remember what cognitive meant. I think I told you, I, I wasn't able to enunciate, articulate, nor really communicate really any, any messages and stuff. So to really have figured out and to at least be on the pathway of, of health and wellness and slow down to the, the deterioration of, of the brain and stuff, Sid, it's super proud of it. And it's almost something I don't say it to brag, but it's almost now a responsibility to almost tell other people so that they could have a chance to um, not only feel good about themselves, but be the best person, father, um, um, productive person in society these days. So if people um, are having some of these issues, um, suicide prevention month and maybe some of the pill issues of it, I really uh, I didn't plan on talking about this in terms of being a, a commercial or anything, but please follow my journey at CosarWellness.com. Um, this this Kosar Wellness and this holistic living, finding finding an essential way to leave, live, a, um, let the body heal itself. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's been a main focus of me. This is the great Bernie Kosar, won a national championship with the Hurricanes, a quarterback in 1983, had a great NFL career with the Browns, the Cowboys. And the Dolphins, so you mentioned a bunch of times Aaron Rodgers and the Jets taking on the Bills Monday. I'm a Giant fan. I'll be there Sunday night when the Giants host Dallas uh, week one. Your Cleveland Browns, they get going this weekend. Um, how'd you feel week one, Bernie? I imagine the first game in 85, you were probably very, very nervous. But did you have those jitters every time week one? Well, week one, you want to absolutely get started but as, and get positive as the season's going. But, Sid, as you're saying, the... Giants Cowboys Sunday night football it's the 30 it's the 40th anniversary of the University of Miami's national championship as you awesomely pointed out it's the 30 year anniversary of the Dallas Cowboys Super Bowl ring that I was blessed to be a part of and stuff and um, playing on many games over in, in uh, North New Jersey at the stadium there the the Openers are games from an offensive perspective where you really want to make sure you have some of your sense of timing and stuff because sometimes the protections aren't what they want to be. And for myself, being showing my old school, my old school uh, football, I could used to be able to count the lights in the Meadowlands from <laughs> guys like Lawrence Taylor and Carl Banks and Harry Carson, Leonard Marshall running me over and if that wasn't enough <laughs> it was joe flecko and marty lyons and mark gastineau no wonder i'm in that concussion treatment program and i need to do all this holistic wellness yeah. my brother well, there's a lot of good pass rushers you just named them from the giants and the new york stock exchange but on the way out you did mention um 40 years since that amazing hurricane win and that uh that's why i went there I couldn't wait to uh, go to the school where you quarterback the championship. I spent a lot of time in Hallandale anyway. And Miami started their new season with Mario Cristobal beating Miami of Ohio last week 38-3. to I know there are huge expectations for the Hurricanes who have not really been great, Bernie, for like 30 years. I mean, maybe Butch Davis, Larry Coker. After that, a lot of promises. Randy Shannon, Al Golden, Mark Rick, all these guys, Diaz. And none of these guys really delivered 
Will the Hurricanes ever regain the glory they had those years between Schnellenberger and Jimmy Johnson and Dennis Erickson and Butch Davis and Larry Coker? Is that ever coming back? Well, college football's absolutely changed, and and Miami's kind of commitment to the financial side of the of the uh, change is is where you actually you have to be if you want to be competitive in there. So Not Miami just financial, but when Donna was in charge of that school, she was bringing in bright people. You can't win football games and have bright people. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, this is big. Hey, this week, this this week with. Uh, this week with Texas A&M and Jimbo coming, it's this will be the, the kind of the barometer for where where we are getting started and stuff from a season perspective. And as and I chuckle though as you, you talk about how you were down in Hallandale, and as we're, you said we're wrapping up, we we um, we talked about Youngstown and that that was the era of of Scarface. So if I didn't, if I survived the NFL lineman, if I survived the car bombs of Youngstown, Ohio, growing up, the Cocaine Cowboys, yeah, okay, that's another good friend of mine. That's uh, my good buddy Billy Corbin did those movies, and just so Billy you know, Corbin. I actually saw Scarface for the first time on the campus at Miami in Coral Gables, and there was more cocaine in the theater than the actual movie, <laughs> right next to the Rascaller. Yes. Yes. Oh, those were the days. Well, listen, uh, please keep in touch all season long. I mean it. Uh, the NFL, we're going to cover that here. Again, I've got Bill Sims coming up on Thursday, looking like Joe Namath before the big Jet game on Monday. We love the National Football League. That's part of Americana. And we love you, Bernie Kozar, specifically. Hey, you sounded give, great. Give Joe Namath this shot, a little nugget for you. Joe Namath, one of the greatest quarterbacks ever in New York, one of the honors I had as a rookie. In 1983, University of Miami and that national championship, the only thing that ever happened that was probably crossing the the alumni line, but since Joe Namath was not a University of Miami alumni, Joe Namath was the only guy to help compensate me because he invited me to his football camp wow. and paid me a beautiful $10,000 back in 1983 <laughs> to be a coach there. So thank you, Joe Namath. That was the only well, guy that ever did anything. Do you know the connection between Namath and why he was there? Do you know it? No, I don't. I'll tell you why. Joe Namath went to Alabama. And Bear Bryant did oh, not oh, recruit yeah. him. How would Schnellenberger, your coach in Miami, recruited Joe Namath to Alabama? Oh, no, I knew that. I thought you meant why Joe Namath had the football camp. No, up no. There. <laughs> yeah, Joe, Joe Namath, when we, won the, when we won the national championship against Nebraska that night, Joe was sat on the bench with me. Joe was coaching wow. me up wow. on, on New Year's Day against the, the, the Nebraska Cornhuskers Jeez. when we had that upset. Unbelievable. That, was, that, was, that was some team. Osborne had some team, Turner Gill, Irving Fryer, Mike Rogier. But you guys got it done. Bernie, I love you to pieces. We'll keep doing this all season long. Yeah, Thank you hey, so much. Tell, tell Joe I should have paid him instead of him paying me. <laughs> Thank you. I'll let I him know. You, love God you, bless too. Everybody. God bless. The great Bernie Kosar here on Sitting Friends in the Morning. What a life this guy's lived. Really amazing. An amazing individual. Only halfway through, a lot more to come. Next hour, a big hour, you get Arthur Idala. What is a sanctuary city? And Gordon Chang. North Korea and Russia teaming up. Looking like a real possibility. Hour three, the 8 o'clock hour is coming up.
on Sid and Friends in the morning. I only came for two days of playing, but every time I come, I always wind up staying. This the type of town I can spend a few days in Miami, the city that keeps the roof blazing. Talk Radio 77 WABC. This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. For my friends. 77 WABC. Somebody once told me the world is gonna roll me. I ain't the sharpest tool in the shed. She was looking kind of dumb with her finger and her thumb in the shape of an L on her forehead. Well, the years start coming and they don't stop coming. To the rules and I hit the ground running. Didn't make sense not to live for fun. Your brain gets smart, but your head gets dumb. So much to do, so much to see. So what's wrong with taking the back streets? You'll never know if you don't go. You'll never shine if you don't glow. Hey now, you're an all-star. Get your game on, go play. Hey now, you're a rock star. Get the show on. Smash Mouth, this is Steve Harwell, the lead singer. He died yesterday, my age, 56 years old. Liver issue. Clearly the guy drank too much, but yeah, that's serious it. drug problem, yeah, too. Yeah, no, he, they said he really he dealt with alcoholism Yeah, the last years. More than Sad. Yeah. Steve Harwell, 56 years old, and now we pay tribute to all three that died this weekend. Jimmy Buffett, Gary Wright, and here Steve Harwell. My next guest... This is an important guest today. We've uh, had a couple of great guests already. Great. Curtis Sliwa. Terrific. I really enjoyed Bernie Kosar. But I was talking to somebody last week about the mayor. And I said, you know, he invited this mess. The fact that he wants these people to work just shows how really stupid him and the governor are. I mean, God, yeah, let's get more people to come. But um, I said he invited this mess. What he kept repeating over and over again Come one, come all, where he sanctuary city. And I said to myself, well, why doesn't the mayor start right there and get rid of that sanctuary city nonsense? That'll help, right? And then somebody said, well, it's not that easy, it's illegal, and and I don't know the answer to all this. So I called my dear friend, famed defense attorney, one of the best in the business, Arthur Idala, and I said, tell me about this. Sanctuary City stuff. Because right off the bat, Eric Adams would be doing himself and New Yorkers a big favor by shedding that. Is it easy? We're about to find out. Here's my friend, Arthur Idala. Artie, good morning, buddy. How are you? Hey, brother. Hope you had a good uh, weekend. I did actually get to uh, get a glimpse of Bo Deedle over the weekend. If uh, I wish I could send you a picture of what he was wearing. It was a, it was, it was a, ma- a matching short sleeve shirt with with buttons on and the collar with matching shorts. It was like bright yellow with different colored. I think it was like margarita glasses on it. 
it was it was brilliant. It was absolutely. He's the brilliant. man. I spoke to him a couple he, times this weekend in the Hamptons. He's he's the man. He's still vacationing. He'll be back next Tuesday. We love Bo, but that sounds like a volcanic ensemble Bo might put on on a weekend. He'd probably look like a million yeah, bucks. Fantastic. It was it was <laughs> fantastic. So you gave me a homework assignment because I must admit, you know, migrant issues are not on the tip of my fingers. The legality of them all, and. To answer your immediate question, it, it's not easy. It would not be easy for it to just disappear, uh, the, the obligation of New York City. But here's what I did learn. First of all, it all goes back to the 19 to the 30s, to Fiorello LaGuardia, uh, having to do with the depression and homeless issues. And they added to the New York State Constitution, not the New York City, the New York State Constitution, 1938. Very simple. Quote, it's Article 17. The aid, care, and support of the needy are public concerns and shall be provided, here we go, Sid, by the state and by such of its subdivisions, which is the 62 counties of this New York state, in such a manner and by such means as the state legislature may from time to time determine. So this comes down during LaGuardia, during the Depression time, right? Then it kind of fades away because then there's the, the, the 40s we get, then the war ends, the 50s everything is good, the 60s everything is fine, and then in the 70s when we have the big fiscal crisis under Governor Hugh Carey, it, the homelessness shoots through the roof here in New York City. And the coalition from the home, of the homeless by the, uh, represented by the Legal Aid Society, they go to court, and there's a case, and the case says, judge – under Article 17, the state, the state has to provide care to the homeless people. And um, what happens was basically the state seems like they, they're going to lose. But before, I don't know if there's a deal cut between you, Kerry, and Ed Koch. Ed Koch just consents. He consents on behalf of New York City and signs what's called a consent decree. Which means, okay, you know, before we even get to the final ultimate ruling or go through the appellate process, we'll agree that New York City has to provide shelter to the homeless. Okay, but but the key word you use there is homeless, and and this is where I think the mayor is confusing two things. I think he's confusing right to shelter with sanctuary city. In fact, I'm sure he's doing that, or or at the very least, he's he doesn't he can't figure out that right to shelter, for example, is for the homeless, not for illegals. Well, so that's where that's where politics comes in. And this has a lot more to do with the with the mayor. It's got a lot to do with the governor. A lot to do with the governor. Because under this in other words, the, the governor can say, well, you know what? What Sid Rosenberg just said, homeless and migrants are two different things, and there can be a whole argument over that. But, you know, once they come into the city, they are technically homeless, even though how they got into the city. You know, there's nothing in the law about how you become homeless. The guy in the case, uh, in the Callahan case, he was a severe alcoholic. It's Callahan versus you, carry. He was a severe alcoholic living in the Bowery, and they brought the case on his behalf. Um, here, there's no definition of, well, it's only homeless who were born in New York and they became homeless, or did they come from Ohio, like Bernie Kosar, and become homeless? So that could be a fight that we fight right now. But you know why we won't fight that, that fight right now? is because the homeless advocates will take out Hochul or the migrant advocates 
would take out Hogel. Hogel. But what I really learned, see that, and I didn't know this. I did this as a homework assignment for you. Is the governor really has a lot of power here? She really, really does. And they could bring lawsuits to every single county, Nassau County, Suffolk County, Westchester County, and say, listen. Under the Constitution of the state of New York, which you all raise their hands. In other words, your boy Bruce Blakeman, he raised his hand and said, I would swear to uphold the Constitution of the United States and the state of New York. And Article 17 under the state of New York says you have to give shelter. By the way, it doesn't say, I don't think it's specific to homeless. There's no definition of homeless. To the aid, care, and support of the needy of the needy, of public concerns. So, yes, we could have a fight right now, a legal battle. What's needy? Is a migrant needy? Is a homeless person needy? Not to your point, they're all needy, but but it does seem like uh, Bruce Blakeman, the Nassau County Executive, and Nassau County have been... They've been successful in keeping these people out. I mean, look, Ed Day up in Rockland County told the mayor he's going to strangle them and not one illegal, I don't use the word migrant, not one, and not that I blame them, not one illegal has ended up there either. But you're telling me that if Hochul really wanted to put the screws to him, she can do it and sue every one of them. She definitely has the power. She absolutely, she can write it. She could probably, based on the... On the Constitution of New York State, Article 17, she basically signed an executive order yeah. saying it's absolutely illegal, improper under our Constitution, which you, Mr. Head of Rockland County, Mr. Head of Nassau, Mr. Head of Ballone, Head of Suffolk, you can't say no. This is You, you swore to uphold the Constitution. Interesting. And this mm-hmm. is in the New York State Constitution. The other thing that's a little nuts is why is Governor Abbott in Texas, who gives him the power? To like ship these people in New York. Okay, we're going to ship X amount to New York. No one's stopping them. Well, no one's stopping them. And and that's where the feds come in because now you're talking about state versus state. That's now federal law, not state law. And you know the the the, that's where the White House comes in. But you know what? Everyone is ducking. I agree with what you said in the beginning of this thing before I even came on. Eric Adams made a huge mistake by saying, oh, yeah, we welcome you into into our city. I think he had no idea he was welcoming 100,000. Well, of course, of course he had an idea, unless he's a moron. I mean, the border's been no, wide open. The border, the border has been wide open since Biden took over, wide open. There's been pictures in the New York Post already, thousands of them, of people running through. Why did he think it was going to stop? You had to be a moron. Of course he knew. Of course he knew. Okay. Well, he made a big mistake. Yeah, that's what he did. He made he made he made a big mistake. He thinks we're all stupid, and uh, now he wants to come back and blame everybody else. And I'm not buying it. And I'm pissed. I am pissed. And right now, for me, this is why Eric Adams. Because up to now, he was okay. You know, the the murders are down. They've they've collected guns. He he's trying. He's a nice guy. All these things are true. And up to this real crisis, I was okay with him. Okay, not great. At this point, he's a crappy mayor. He's lied. He continues to lie. He, you know, he, he blames the federal government but not Joe Biden. Say his damn name already. And to go out there and blast Hochul. Anyway, let's move back to the White House because while you're doing homework on this, you also are really dug, uh, I know you did knee-deep, Artie, into the Donald Trump indictment in Georgia. What do you got for me on that? Well, <laughs> Let me just tell you why I, I got I got dug knee deep into it. Um, you know, I look to say that these all four cases are not driven by politics. You're gonna have to be, in the words of Sid Rosenberg, a moron. 
Um, obviously, they are. Even though they may have teeth to them, they're clearly motivated by politics. And one of the per- people who have been totally devastated as collateral damage is Rudolph Giuliani. I think, I don't want to exaggerate, he's had at least 10 lawsuits floating around having to do with the voting booth people, you know, uh, I forget what the name of the two companies are that are suing him for things he said about the voting booths not being uh, maintained the right way, et cetera, et cetera. And then you got the guy, the U.S. attorney, <laughs> Rudolph Giuliani, uh, you know, has to go down. They get fingerprinted and mugshot, and, and he happened to be in my office because they've already taken his law license away at this point temporarily, but they try to make it permanent. So, are you, so, so are, you, are you officially at this point representing Rudy Giuliani? Yeah, yeah, we've been. Yes, he, he had to go down to Georgia, and I said, Rudy, who are you going down there with? He said, I don't know. I, I think I may go down there alone. I, you know, I can't find anyone. And look, it's no secret. Open the New York Post. He has significant financial woes, and any lawyer hears, oh, Rudolph Giuliani, Donald Trump's case, big case, Georgia, you know, I want a million dollars, I want two million dollars, you know, just <laughs> Rudy's not in that league. So right. I just said, look, Rudy. But, but, but he may be, uh, Thursday night, don't forget, is the big uh, dinner that Trump is putting on in Bedminster, New Jersey. So are you going to be standing by the front well, door on the way out well, grabbing money? <laughs> no, no, it's, not like a, it's not like a wedding. No, but honestly, Sid, and I'm not lying, uh, I had no idea there was going to be any kind of fundraiser. I just said, Rudy, look, we'll we'll take you as far as my law firm can take you, uh, you know, on a pro bono basis, and you know, we'll see what happens you know, in the future. Look, this case, if he just follows Donald Trump's lead, Donald Trump has at least two other cases to go before this case, and that's going to take a while. And who knows, he may become president of the United States by then, and. Who knows what would happen to the Georgia state case, because people have to understand it's a state case in Georgia, not a federal case, at least at this point. So the president of the United States cannot pardon himself from a state case. So uh, Rudolph Giuliani may not have to worry about going down to Georgia to face a trial until maybe 2025. But it's a, it's a disaster. I mean, it's an absolute disaster. And the, oh, look, the only case of the four of them that is like – Cut and dry is that stupid one with the documents in Florida. The other ones, the Manhattan case is not worth the paper that it's printed on. And the other two cases, the federal case in Washington and the state case in Georgia, that all has to do with speech and and giving your opinion. Right. And is it accurate? You, 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 you got to read the guy's yeah. mind. But, you, but you're saying the second one has some legs because the truth is he did have the documents, right? That, that's, that's yeah, and it's not hard to prove. I mean, it's just not hard to prove. I mean, the law is clear. If the feds want something back, you, you know, you can't say in my head I declassified something, but not not like, put it in writing to to them, like as a response I don't mean when you actually declassified it, but when they ask for it, you write them a letter and say, listen, everything I have in my possession currently has been declassified. If you want to litigate it, let's go to court. Instead, they said, we gave you everything back, which they did it. And, you know, I give you the simple example I did the last time we went. Martha Stewart, she didn't get convicted for insider trading. She got convicted for lying about telephone calls she got regarding potential insider trading. right. So it's the same kind of thing. Now, the difference is that's still in federal court. So he or another Republican president or Joe Biden or a Democratic president could say, listen, even though Donald Trump got convicted for the love of the country, you know, I'm commuting his sentence or I'm pardoning him altogether. 
in, the, in right now in Georgia state court, President of the United States does not have that power. The state has that power. And we could tie this whole thing back into the migrant situation. There are some parts of this migrant situation that even though we need federal help, that the state can help themselves. In other words, it's in the New York state constitution, not the federal constitution that we got to give help to the needy. So what Hochul could do is say, listen, I'm enacting Article 17, and we're going to do it by percentage of population of the state. So Nassau County has 8% of the state. We're going to give them 8% of the migrants. Suffolk's a bigger county. They have 18% of the state. We're giving them 18%. Oh, my God. What are you doing? They're going to kick you out of the Hamptons this weekend. They don't want those people there. Are you nuts? What are you nuts? You she's, got, she's got the – well, I'm gonna, I, will, I will beg to differ. They are so – shorthanded with people to do landscaping, to work in the restaurants. My, I mean, my friend, who's a landscaper, my other friend who's a restaurateur, he's like, I can't get anyone to work. My my landscaper has his wife throwing lawn seed on the... I go, who's this woman? I can see in the ring doorbell. He goes, oh, it's my wife. My landscaper's been me 15 years. He goes, I can't find anybody to work. I go, go to 45th Street in Vanderbilt. Well, listen, uh, excellent job, Artie. No wonder you graduated at the top of your class. I'm not even sure you did it. just made that up. And you're, a, you're the best attorney right there with Takapina in the country because they gave you one homework assignment, and you did two, and they both came out great. So thank you so much. You're the best. Thank you, Artie. All right, brother. Have a great week. I'll catch up with you later, man. Uh, am I going to see you Thursday? Uh, oh, the big party. Yeah, I, my, my law partner is getting an award from actually the NYPD, so i got to go to that first. Okay. Leventhal is, and then I'll come back uh, late night, you know, when you're at the bar. Cold, cold <laughs> yeah, that's me. All right, I'll see you Thursday night, buddy. Great job. Really that terrific job. Exactly. Thank you. That is uh, the famed defense attorney, Arthur Idala, doing a great job here on Sitting Friends in the Morning. We're going to talk to Gordon Chang coming up in about 15 minutes. Is there really a partnership in play between Kim Jong-un and Vladimir Putin on North Korea and Russia teaming up against the Ukraine. We're going to find out on Sid and Friends coming up. Friends in the morning, 77 WABC. Friends, I'm gonna have myself a real good 
Happy birthday to the late great Freddie Mercury Queen here at 834 on your sunny Tuesday morning. Three consecutive days now in the 90s. We already had two. It'll be five when it's all said and done, but we'll be in the 90s straight through Thursday. That's hot. That is hot. All right, big show already today. Curtis was great. In fact, Curtis brought up this incident where a 60-year-old black woman was beat nearly to death with her own cane on a subway platform. And Fox News was talking about that just moments ago. We're at the very uh, edge of all these stories. That was Curtis. Then Bernie Kosar, former college and NFL great, was here. And a moment ago, terrific job by Arthur Idala. We'll talk to Gordon Chang. Looks like North Korea and Russia teaming up in this effort against Ukraine. He's coming up at 840. Uh, Donald Trump, of course, uh, was on last Friday. That was huge. Trump has lengthened his lead now to 46 points. He did not even bother campaigning this weekend. Douche face Vivek was out there with his stupid smile. I don't want Vivek on this show. I was talking to um, Adam Weiss or somebody. They're like, hey, you want Vivek? I'm like, no. He was in New York at the Metropolitan Republican Club. The night after that same club had a big dinner in New York City. You may remember. And they gave awards to me, Moody Giuliani, and the guy that had the Hunter Biden laptop. What was his name? Uh, his name, what was He's alive. John Paul Isaac. I don't Paul know. Mac, Paul Mac uh, Isaac. He's got Zep- like 19 Zep- first names. Zeppo Rodriguez. Yeah. I don't know. Well, was, just remember, it was a MacBook that he was working on. Yeah. John right, Paul right. Mac Isaac. Oh, there you go. Thank you. You're so, welcome. Anyway. I think they're going to forget it. So Vivek was there like the next day, and my friend, Chris Alenzo, cute kid, she uh, said, hey, you want to go on Sid show? And uh, he didn't come on. He wasn't even enthusiastic in his response. I'm like, hey, dickface, I get Donald Trump. He kicking your ass. I don't need you. Back then I was getting the mayor before him and I had all these issues. I don't need Vivek and his stupid smile. And I told Trump, everybody said to him, I go, if you watch that debate, now that guy Vivek, I don't like him very much. I actually said to Trump in my question, I don't like Vivek. There's something about that guy that is so insincere, it is nauseating. If you like Vivek, you're a moron. He's a smart guy, <laughs> but God is he insincere. There is something about him that is so smarmy and gross, I want to punch him across the face. He, he comes off like he knows everything. everything. Right. That's oh, all Get it rid is. of him. That's all it is. Yeah. He, he got questions. I saw him on the nightly news or something. And like, you know, you're really trailing Trump. Uh, how how do you account for all this? He goes, oh, well, that's a media thing, and it's really oh, not the, the right media thing. That's yeah. what he, yeah. <laughs> he tries to push it Whatever. Off. So he was out there this weekend, and DeSantis was a complete disaster. And Mike Pence, <laughs> come, on. come on, he was a good guest, Mike Pence, on John Katzmatini's show last week. But these people are a joke. And this idea that I keep hearing from the Trump detractors, it's still early a lot can happen. One day is a political... Shut up. Please, I'm begging you to stop. There's been months and months and months of this. 
like Trump announced he was running in December. Everybody else but DeSantis has been in, and no one's cracking 5%. Fat Chris Christie, 3%. Nikki Haley, 3%. Mike Pence, 2%. It's not early. It's not. I know why I was months away, but it's not early. And the issue is they're indicting this poor bastard every week, and he's lengthening his lead. What do you think is going to happen? Stop with that ridiculous political rhetoric. Well, it's still early. A lot can happen. Nothing's going to happen. Here's what's going to happen. He's going to kick all your asses, all of you. And then on top of it, this uh, little bastard, Vivek, he wants us to stop giving Israel money in 2028. Stop giving Israel money. Are you nuts? He also doesn't want us to defend Taiwan if China invades. He is a complete nightmare. The whole field sucks, except for Trump. Tim Scott's a nice guy, but my God, that debate performance was one of the worst I've ever seen. Just one of the absolute worst. And Nikki Haley's a smart lady. Seriously, she is. But she's just a backstabbing. You can't trust her either. I don't know. Imagine if he didn't have his hot wife, Ramaswamy. (laughs) Does he have a hot wife? I thought DeSantis had the hot wife. No, they both. Oh, they do? Yes. Justin Concur? Yes. Oh, yeah, baby. So you guys pay more attention to that than I do. I I have a hot wife, too, but I'm not... uh, I don't uh, say I'm number one in New York because Danielle is hot. She is very hot, but... No, no, I was just talking about the appeal of the guy. Well, what does she look like, this Vivek's wife? Look up a picture, God. I don't care. Who cares? What do you want me to do? Let me ask ask you this. Are those two wives hotter than Melania Trump? She's a runway model. Uh, Vogue. It's all taste. Yeah. Yeah. She's older, too, but no, whatever. Cares. God, don't, don't bother me about this nonsense. Although, after that, Howard Stern, Melania <laughs> shot right up for me. Oh, I know. That was such a great phone. we, we got to play that phone call again today. I know. It's long, though. It well, you, can you cut it up to, like, two minutes instead of four? No. Play it after Carol Markowitz? you got to hear this. If you haven't seen, we oh, played this once. Geez. In the 9 o'clock hour, bitch. Stop. <laughs> If you haven't seen The American Dream, the Trump documentary on Netflix, Howard Stern calls up Trump. What year was that? It was 99, because he was running in 2000 on the Reform Party. He got his inspiration from Jesse Ventura, who beat my cousin Norm Coleman for the gubernatorial in the state of Minnesota. And he actually spent a bunch of time, Trump, with Jesse Ventura trying to figure out how he did it. And so Stern calls Trump. And him and Melania weren't even married yet at that point. But they were banging, and she was in bed with them. And they both got on the phone with Stern, and it was some of the most brilliant radio ever. It'll never be done again, stuff like that. The only chance is me, and even I can't do that. I can't. So we'll play that later. But we do have Gordon Chang coming up next, because this is serious. Is Kim Jong-un and North Korea teaming up with Putin and Russia? in their effort to annihilate the Ukraine and maybe the West. <laughs> Shut up. God, you know, you... It sounds like real new stuff. <laughs> well, i got to make it sound... No, but this is new. This is the Kim Jong-un Putin thing. Oh, I... Come on. You, you know you've been hearing about this for about 11 well, years. Well, we, we, no, we, we, we've assumed this was the case, but now we've got real proof, Lewis. You can keep laughing all you want, bro. When your nice little apartment building there by the beach in Rockaway is blown uh, to smithereens. Just, just take it all. Just, just <laughs> go. It's just be ready for impending doom, Sid. 
a disaster or just be ready? I, I wish you wouldn't uh, be ready. I wish you wouldn't do that with Gordon Chen. The signs are all there of a no, flood no. holocaust no. like we have never when, seen. When has Gordon Chang no, when has Gordon Chang ever come on this show? And been doom and gloom like Lou just described. Oh, come on. <laughs> <laughs> no. That's all Sid wanted you to do. <laughs> Talk Radio 77 WABC. Sid and Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC. about to join me. This is Flash Gordon. Happy birthday to the late, great Freddie Mercury once again. Song three for Freddie and Queen today. Flash Gordon on Sid and Friends in the Morning. And that does bring us to our next guest. Whether you're talking about Russia, China, North Korea, Africa, it doesn't matter. Nobody in the business better. I mean, nobody. you got to follow this guy, Gordon G. Chang. It is a great follow. I used to say Twitter. I guess it's X now. Follow Gordon on X at Gordon G. Chang. Back for another visit on uh, this Breaking News Tuesday, my friend Gordon Chang. Good morning, Gordon. How are you, pal? I'm fine, Sid, and thank you so much. And I love the music. <laughs> yeah, that's Flash Gordon for you, buddy. So before we get to the, the big story with Kim Jong-un, you know, it's now 19 months, over a year and a half, that this war is still raging in the Ukraine, and it keeps intensifying. It's not getting any better. doesn't matter how much money Biden gives these people. In fact, it's uh, hurting us. It's uh, making the, law, the, the war last longer. Simple question, Gordon. Are you surprised this war is still going on 19 months in? Actually, I am, because like a lot of other people, I thought that Russia would absorb uh, Ukraine within a matter of weeks. Um, you know, it looked that way in the first couple of days. Um, but, um, you know, Russia has proven to be uh, grossly incompetent in fighting a war. And um, this, you know, the most important thing is I was surprised the war was gonna even at the first place because we had four years of peace during Donald Trump, you know. Right after the invasion of Crimea during the Obama years, uh, Trump seemed to put Putin in his place. And then all of a sudden you got Biden and the whole thing falls apart again. It was interesting. Uh, I don't know, a couple of months ago, my wife, my beautiful wife, Danielle, ran home on a Saturday and she said, oh, my God, it looks like there's a coup. They're going after Putin. And I laughed it off. And uh, I said to her, I said, please, <laughs> as inept as Putin is, he's still in charge and it's going to be very difficult to get him out. And, of course, that was the Wagner Group and this guy Pogosian. And you knew that day, you knew that day, it was not a matter of if, it was just when Putin was going to kill that bastard. And he did a couple of weeks ago. So you weren't surprised to see that, were you? No, I, I wasn't. Um, you know, that was going to happen, as you said, uh, one way or another, that Putin was going to get rid of Pogosian. 
and he's apparently done it. You know, I first thought that Prigozhin faked his death. Um, maybe I'm a little bit too conspiratorial. Um, but no, it looks like he actually did get rid of the Wagner Group head. But how do you know that? I mean, because maybe you're right. Maybe he is having a beer right now with Elvis Presley and Jim Morrison. How do you know for a fact? Did you see his charred body by the plane wreckage? Well, no, they haven't, actually. Um, and re- what was really interesting was that the top leadership of Wagner was on that uh, plane. And so you sort of assume that uh, Prigozhin was as well. But we also know that Prigozhin was traveling around by plane. So I think as the longer that we do not hear from him, that means he probably is dead. You know, Zelensky's wife, the first lady of the Ukraine, was uh, interviewed yesterday, and I forget what show it was. It may have been 60 Minutes. I don't even know. But uh, kind of a sad story around this war, above and beyond the death, which is always the saddest, Gordon, is that school is starting in Ukraine like it is here. My son, for example, Gabriel, starts high school on Thursday. I'm all freaked out. So they're starting school in Ukraine, and they showed some of these schools, which some of them have been bombed out, some haven't, but they estimated that only one-third of all the children are actually going to school. Two-thirds are just scared to death of leaving their homes, and, and these schools, quite frankly, are not physically capable because of all the damage. Pretty sad story when you think about how the children are being affected mentally in this war. I'm talking about the kids, but the kids, like the COVID kids here, are really being challenged in the Ukraine. Yes, and, and a lot of those kids actually have been kidnapped and moved over to Russia, which is... Is that right? Um, yeah, it's... Uh, a good portion of those kids have been um, taken into Russian territory. Mm-hmm. They're being raised as Russians. And, you know, this just shows um, Putin's maliciousness. It's just evil. It, it's part of a genocide campaign, and um, eventually the world has got to get Putin. I mean, we got to do to Putin what Putin did to Prigozhin. Yeah, but what do you mean the world? I mean, isn't it – can't we do it? I mean, you know, all these other countries rely on us. Europe relies on us. You know, you got North Korea and China and Russia, they're all in bed together. So when you say uh, the rest of the world, it's us. I mean, we should we should be trying to figure out a way to kill this bastard every day, no? Yeah, we should be. Um, Biden, I think, probably is not doing that um, uh, because I think Putin has intimidated Biden. And Putin did that by threatening the use of nuclear weapons. And what about the fact, um, too, he, what about the fact, too, that the wife of the mayor of Moscow gave Hunter Biden like five million dollars? Does that count or no? <laughs> who knows i yeah. mean i mean the bidens have gotten so much money from so many people it probably means oh you know it doesn't really matter <laughs> um but you know this is it, it matters in in one sense um you know i'm not a i'm an independent i'm not a republican or a democrat i tend to think that impeaching biden would be good for the democrats but the point is we cannot allow a president of the united states to take substantial sums from countries, some of which are our enemies, and remain in office. Um, the guy's got to go. And I know that that might help elect a Democrat, and a lot of Republicans don't like it, but we cannot allow a corrupt individual remain as president. No, oh, there's no question you can't. I mean, there's no question. The, the only uh, question is, can we prove it beyond a shadow of a doubt? I know Kevin McCarthy and the House Republicans are hard at doing that every day, hard at work, Jim Comer and Jim Jordan, Nancy Mace, the rest of them. The only question is, can we prove it? So I had dinner, Gordon, a couple of weeks ago with a couple. They remain nameless. 
And the guy, the, the, the gentleman, who was a, a, you know, my wife was talking to the, his wife, I was talking to him, and he said to me, he goes, how could you like Donald Trump when he negotiated with Kim Jong-un? And I said, boy, that's about the dumbest thing I've ever heard. How stupid is that? He didn't negotiate with anybody. What Donald Trump did exceptionally well, mind you, was he kept his enemies as close as his friends. He wasn't negotiating. He wasn't having a beer. He wasn't having a grand old time. But, yes, he was in contact with Putin, with the guy in China, with uh, Kim Jong-un, who we called Rocket Man, right to his face, because the only way to deal with these psychos is to deal with these psychos. Is that not true? Yeah, that is true. And and in retrospect, uh, Trump's uh, negotiations with Kim Um, You know, actually, probably were pretty good. I didn't like them at the time. But the point is that um, Trump was was wooing Kim away from China and wooing Kim away from Russia. And that's not a bad thing. Not only that, but if you remember, all of a sudden, those ballistic missiles weren't flying over Japan anymore. All the things that Kim Jong-un is doing now, he wasn't doing. And whether because he was scared to death, it doesn't matter why they didn't do it. Putin didn't attack uh, Ukraine. Obama was there before Biden. He did it. Biden comes. He does it again. It's not luck that for four years Putin did nothing. And Kim Jong-un was not doing anything like he's doing now. And for Kim Jong-un to make it public that he may meet next week with Putin in Russia to help with the arms in this war, that would never happen if Donald Trump was president, ever. Yeah, well, first of all, uh, Putin wouldn't have invaded Ukraine um, if Trump were president, uh, as we just talked about. Um, Kim would not be talking with the Russians and the Chinese if uh, Trump were still president. Trump's foreign policy was extraordinarily successful. I mean, when you look at the Middle East, when you look at Brazil, when you look at all of these really big problems right now, they they didn't occur under Trump. Right now, you know, Americans don't understand this, but we got a war in Eastern Europe. We also have what looks like a war in across North Africa because China and Russia, by the way, Prigozhin was involved in this. China and Russia are fueling insurgencies that look like war. So we've got war in two regions of the world, um, you know, one more war someplace else, and we've got World War Three. And this is entirely due to Biden's failed policies. Yep. It didn't happen under Trump. And that, I think, the American people should understand. Trump deserves another term for at least keeping the peace. 100%. Now, let's get to this uh, potential meeting between Kim Jong-un and uh, Putin. A, Gordon Chang, do you think it's going to happen? And B, if it does, what does that mean for the war in Ukraine and the rest of the Western world? Uh, Well, I think it's going to happen because the U.S. says it's going to happen. And it makes sense for for the Russians and the North Koreans to talk to each other in this context, um, because Biden's not going to do anything about it. So they might as well do it, you know, their evil deeds. And, and yeah, it's going to mean that North Korean weapons are going to show up uh, as they have on the the Ukraine battlefield. So really what we're talking about is um, another country openly defying Biden um, by helping Putin um, in Ukraine. I know China has been kind of quiet lately. The big stories are about the billions of dollars investing in chips. Uh, the Great Wall of China was damaged last week. Uh, some excavator uh, managed to damage the wall. There is a California Biolab story that's shrouded in mystery that may, in fact, have China being involved. But with all this war talk out there, very little coming out of China. What's the latest there? 
Well, the latest there is that um, the big property companies are in trouble. A company called Country Garden, which was the biggest Chinese property developer last year by sales, actually did make a bond payment right before the deadline for default, um, which, you know, that was sort of good news for China. But really, the property sector is in free fall. And property is important because it's the core of the Chinese economy. China's probably contracting if you start looking at the underlying indicators. Xi Jinping is not going to New Delhi for the G20. Um, I think it's because he's got real problems at home. The rumors are swirling in China that the foreign minister, Qin Gong, who has not been seen since June 25, rumors are saying that he's been executed. Wow. I don't believe it. But the point is that someone is trying to destabilize Xi Jinping by circulating those rumors, and people, a lot of people actually believe it. What can we expect to come out of the G20? You just mentioned it, talked about uh, who's not going. What can we expect out of the G20? Well, nothing. Even if Xi Jinping went to the G20, nothing would happen. But him not going, it it guarantees nothing's going to happen. The G20 is worthless. We should not be participating in it because it doesn't really do anything. So, you know, Xi Jinping, by the way, also skipped out on the ASEAN meeting in Jakarta right now. So he's not going to New Delhi. He's probably my guess is he's not going to the APEC meeting in San Francisco in November. Um, But, you know, we'll see. Well, all this really sets up Trump nicely. He was on with me, Gordon Chang, on Friday. And uh, he talked about the possibilities of World War Three. But what he talked about was a much gloomier case, which is. In World War One and World War Two, there were tanks and there were guns. And, yes, I know we did drop two atomic bombs at the end of World War Two on Japan, but certainly there were no nuclear weapons. And Trump makes it very, very clear that if Biden wins again, not only will we get to World War Three, but unlike the first two world wars, there will be nuclear weapons used. He seems sure of that. Are you? Yeah, I'm pretty sure of that as well. Um, you know, China... Uh, Russia, North Korea, they've been all threatening the preemptive use of nuclear weapons. Um, And especially if China invades Taiwan and doesn't do as well as it thinks it's going to, yeah, it will nuke Taiwan. Um, And, you know, Chinese doctrine right now is to threaten the use of nukes to prevent countries from coming to the aid of Taiwan. China's going to overstep. It's probably going to launch. Trump is absolutely right about that. And we need to be preparing the American people because we are going to be the targets. On the first day of war in Asia, it's going to be fought on American soil with all these Chinese saboteurs in our country, all these Chinese, quote unquote, tourists trying to get into our military bases. We Americans, for the first time since the War of 1812, are going to fight a sustained battle on American soil. Trump is absolutely right. Good. On the way out, Joe Biden has been adamant that as long as this Ukraine war is going on, let's wrap it up where we started. As long as this war is going on, we're going to be there for him. And I'm telling you, I know it's anecdotal and, and maybe not Peter King, but a lot of people I talk to have had enough. They were there early. OK, let's help them. They've had enough. They see this as never ending. Uh, Putin's not scared. Zelensky wants money. He's getting it because you've got a president who may be compromised and people have had enough. We felt badly for the kids. I just talked about the kids going back to school. But hey, we got our own issues here. How long do you feel we should continue to help Zelensky out with this war? Another half a year, another year. Where do you draw the line? Yeah, well, I think that we've got to win in Ukraine. And the reason is it's not a fight between Ukrainians and Russians. Now, let me stop you right there. You keep saying we have to win in Ukraine. Explain to me what a win is. 
all Russians off of all Ukrainian. Well, it's not, it's not gonna. Well, it's just not gonna happen. It's not gonna happen. So maybe, well, maybe, maybe, maybe you want to modify. Maybe you want to modify what that win is because that's not going to happen. Well, you never know. Uh, and if we had better policies, um, we could do that. But the point is, China sees this as a proxy war between China and the United States. So it's not about Russia and Ukraine that it's important. It's about China and the U.S. And if and if the Ukraine doesn't win, it means China is going to invade Taiwan, and that means we've got World War Three. <laughs> so let's get the war done. Early, because if we don't, we're going to be fighting everywhere all at once. Fair enough. As always, Gordon, you're brilliant. Really, really terrific job on this very, very important news day. So thank you, as always. You always make time for me. You're always great. You're the best, Gordon Shank. Thank you so much. Well, you're the best, Sid, so thank you. <laughs> thank you, man. Gordon Shang, I love this guy. I really do. You can follow Gordon on X, as they call it now, formerly Twitter. He's a great follow, Gordon Chi Chang. That's a smart man right there and a good heart. Thank you, Gordon. We'll come back with the fourth and final hour. You know who's really good? Carol Markowitz. She used to live in New York, you know, but she had enough. Now she's living in Boca. We'll talk to Carol Markowitz of the New York Post coming up. Radio 77 WABC. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. Entertaining and informative. Boy, you're my best friend. 77 WABC. The Secretary of State, the Secretary of, of, the, uh, of uh, uh, the military uh, behind me, uh, are uh, they, they've been deeply, deeply involved in this, this whole effort. By the way, you know, I'm not, I, I, I may be a white boy, but I'm not stupid. I've just closed my eyes again. Climbed aboard the dream weaver train. Trying to take away my worries of today. The tributes continue. This is Gary Wright, Dream Weaver. He died this weekend. We've also played throughout today's show Jimmy Buffett. He died over the weekend. And, well, I keep forgetting this poor guy's name. The guy, Steve Harwell from Smash Mouth, right? So we played their music all morning. This is Gary Wright. And we played a lot of Freddie Mercury today, too. He's already dead, but today is his birthday. It is 915 on your Tuesday morning, back here on Sitting Friends in the Morning. Been a great show today. Curtis Lee was always great. He's just, man, I got to tell you, one of the best things I've ever done 
And I've done some great things in my radio career, great, even before I was here and, and down in Miami. I made some tremendous decisions. But putting Curtis on every day, that is one of the best moves I've ever made. He's great. Uh, Bernie Kosar, former Hurricane great quarterback, NFL great. He was terrific this morning, Arthur Idala. And then um, moments ago, we spoke to Gordon Chang. But I really love this lady. She used to live in New York. She got out of here. The whole school system. You know, she was the one really who pointed out how the unions, specifically Mulgrew and Weingarten, how they were effing all of us. What horrible people they are. She moved down to Boca Raton. She continues to write for the New York Post. Really bright. Carol Markowitz. Carol, good Tuesday morning. How are you? Good morning, Sid. Thanks for having me. Great to have you. So I know they go to school earlier in Florida. They start, they uh, you know, my kids grow up yeah. there because they have to end early because it's so damn hot in June. Mm-hmm. So they got, but um, <laughs> the kids here are going back to school this week. This is really the week my son starts high right. school on Thursday. Other kids are going to school today. And uh, all we heard last week was COVID is coming back. Now, we I've been told by doctors on this show, real doctors, Carol, real doctors, that this strain is is really mild, really mild, that the flu is worse that the common cold is worse in most cases, but yet mm-hmm. we're hearing we're hearing about mask mandates, we're hearing about possible lockdowns. So I guess right. here we go again, right? Well, it's interesting because I know that a lot of people are worried about this, and you know I am too, even though I live in Florida, and I know that a lot of the you know possible regulations are not go- just not going to happen because of Ron DeSantis. Um, but the thing is, I think a lot of people are sort of braced for the last battle when there's going to be a future battle. So it's not going to be the same as last time. Nobody's going to tell us just two weeks to stop the spread. No one's going to lock down everything for, you know, ostensibly for two weeks, but actually have it be for four or five months. That's not going to happen again. It's going to be different. So people should be ready to fight these battles where people are trying to take away their freedom and liberty in the name of fighting COVID in a different way. It's going to be at your kid's college where they're going to be required to take a new vaccine that's coming out. They're going to be required um, maybe to mask again. And they're going to say, like, oh, it's only temporary. It it certainly could happen at your kid's school. It's going to happen under the guise of not like, oh, everybody masks, but, oh, you just had COVID, you just tested positive for COVID, now we're going to need you to mask for two weeks. So it'll be more um, difficult to argue against, but you still should. Well, that's fine. I mean, if somebody just had COVID, I, I guess, although, again, no. they don't put people. No, it's not fine. <laughs> no. You're right, because you're right. No, because if somebody had the flu, they don't they wear don't a work. mask. Right. So, yeah, look. the masks don't work. As long as we can, like, get to that place in society where people can look at all the studies that have shown that masks don't work. You know, Anthony Fauci was on CNN over the weekend, and, and shockingly, they actually actually challenged him a little bit, and he was a flustered mess where yeah. he had no yeah. idea what he was talking yeah. about on masks. But the CNN host pointed out that there were studies, conclusive studies, showing the masks don't work. And Fauci ended up arguing, well, they don't work on a you know population scale, but they work on an individual basis. That makes no sense. That well, is you not know, a it, thing. I had you this, uh, we had this dinner, my wife and I, with this couple. I brought up the husband earlier who told me, 
that Donald Trump shouldn't negotiate with uh, with the rocket man, which, of course, was stupid. And the, the wife was yelling and screaming at me that, of course, masks work. Why do doctors wear masks when they perform <laughs> surgery every day? I go, what are you talking about? So there is. And by the way, she's a Republican. She's to the right of Rush Limbaugh. And she was saying right. that stupid stuff. So there are, I know there are people. Yeah. And look, you have to understand, Carol, I know you know this about me. I did not comply from day one. My wife thinks she was mad at me. I don't care. I knew from the very Mm -hmm. beginning, not to sound insensitive, yes, people did die, but a major portion of those had comorbidity. Secondly, the number they told you that died is completely off because people were getting murdered by guns in the street. If they had COVID, they made it a COVID death. There was nothing honest about it. And I knew from day one, I never wore a mask. I never Uh did. And I'm I'm proud to say it because they weren't going to fool me, and they're certainly not going to fool me again. <laughs> no right. way. Well, that's the whole thing. It's like so many people got tricked and so many people were fooled into this. Your friend who you're talking about with the mask, I mean, the fact that she doesn't know that doctors don't wear those masks to stop viruses, they wear them literally to not have like blood or, or other um, things splash on their faces. It has nothing to do with stopping viruses. And so people were lied to and they continue to be lied to. The New York Times continues to lie about Say the vaccine being able to stop spread. Just a few days ago, they had a piece where they said they again repeated the lie that you should get you should get the new newest version of the vaccine for grandma for grandma to not infect grandma. Well, grandma's been infected a bunch of times, and your vaccine is not going to stop that. So, I, I think the lies have to continue to be called out. Um, I think people have gotten to where they realize that they can accept. Um, you know, arguing back that they they can take the name calling that in the beginning, that was all very hard for people, especially when they were on the same side as the people calling them Nazis for questioning any part of this. I think they were just scared. You know, my wife, for example, she was scared. My kids were scared. And I I appreciate that. And I was for about two weeks. I'm not going to lie. When I went down to the one train platform and one day there was a thousand people there. And the very next day at the same exact time, I was all alone. And it was yeah. scary. But, I mean, yeah. if, if you paid any attention to any of the real science and not the psychos right. walking around on the Upper West Side or then the news <laughs> here in New York or Joe and Mika, you had to come to the realization very, very quickly they were jobbing you. There's a lot of people that made a lot of money and a lot of people in power like Andrew Cuomo who just love being in charge. That's right. And what happened to all the money spent on, say, the vaccine app in New York? Like, who got that cash? We never find out, you know, the the repercussions of just throwing money at a problem like this. And now New York is in a lot of trouble, could really use those millions that they threw away on some dumb app. And nobody asks any questions. Nobody gets to the bottom of what who which friends of Kathy Hochul's collected the funds for this. So you're down in Florida now. You, now you ran out of here. Was that post-COVID, pre-COVID? I don't remember. It was January 22, but we had already done five months, um, like it's kind of a test run in Florida, January 21 to May 21. So we've really been here since 21, 22. But was it the COVID response that got you out oh, of here? Yeah. Absolutely. We had just finished our dream house in Brooklyn. Two immigrants got to build their dream house in Brooklyn. We're going to raise our kids there. We had a whole life plan. And then we saw what happened with the COVID response and we couldn't trust our neighbors anymore. It was like it it wasn't the the politicians as much as it was that New Yorkers 
just lied down and took oh, it all. And we oh. were like, these are not our people. Anymore. You are so right. I mean, you, you know, again, I live in the Upper West Side, bunch of old, white-haired, blue-haired Jewish people. <laughs> no, I swear, they, Carol, they looked, and I'm Jewish, they looked at me like I was the devil. They put my picture up in the lobby of my building for a short time. <laughs> and you're right, it wasn't even the politicians. I couldn't live with these people. The whispers under the breath, he's disgusting, he's insensitive. I'd walk right. into CVS on 103rd Street, Dwayne Reed, I should say, Dwayne Reed, and, and I got yelled at. I'm online. I'm getting yelled at. And I'm like, lady, listen, you want to wear a mask? God bless you. Mind your own business. She's like, no, because right. you're going to kill all of us. You stupid <laughs> idiot. I'm going to kill all of you. But this is what was going on. It was going on. Right. And, and where were they getting this information from? From the Fauci's of the world who were absolutely going on TV every day and just lying to the American people. No accountability. Nobody has been held accountable for any of this. So, and, and, you know, it goes down to Republicans, too. Where is the, the accountability? You have to hold these people accountable or they're going to do it again. So the question becomes, when they come back with this nonsense, well, I didn't comply the first time, so I'm a very bad example, when everybody really was scared. Uh, what should people do now? I mean, you, you can't comply. You just can't. Absolutely, you cannot. And you have to try to fight for the different situations that they're going to put us in. They're going to do things like, I mean, I, I can't say for sure, but like something like, oh, airlines will once again require masks. Oh, we oh, have to mask non-comply. Oh, otherwise, they're going to push that kind of thing. That and, was, I, 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 actually, I actually went to Hawaii. So I had to sit in the terminal, which was bad enough for two hours, and I hated those masks. That's the only yeah. time. That's the only time I did wear it was in the airport, and then a ten-hour flight from Newark to Hawaii. It was. I thought I was going to die from the carbon dioxide fumes stuck in my face. <laughs> right, and it was so painful to watch my small children have to wear masks on airplanes. We went to Iceland in the summer of twenty-one, and they didn't even. They did not require a COVID test for kids to enter Iceland. I was like, this is so much saner than what the U.S. was doing. Because then my kids did have to take a COVID test to get back into their own country. It's crazy. And, you know, I, I feel confident in, you know, my governor, Governor DeSantis. I feel that Floridians are much more sane than, you know, New Yorkers. Let's be real here. Um, but on a mass level, we have to just all unite against this kind of thing. Because even in the blue pockets of Florida, you know they're going to try this again. And while I think DeSantis was very competent and amazing in stopping them the last time, and I know he will be again, it's up to the people. And that's what it ultimately comes down to. It has to be the people who rise up and say no. Last 60 seconds. I can't argue anything you said about your governor. Uh, and and I'm, a okay. big, I'm a big <laughs> Trump guy. Trump was on with me on Friday. He's been on with me twice mm -hmm. the last couple of months. I love him. He's got my vote easily. And he's wrong about how DeSantis handled Florida. DeSantis was great. He was the best governor in the country. But with that said, he has run a disastrous presidential campaign. What are your thoughts? And if you agree with me, are you surprised? Um, I don't think he's run a disastrous campaign. I think that Trump is a juggernaut who is very tough to beat, and nobody thought that that was going to be easy. But has Trump run a good campaign? He seems yes. to be running the, the Joe Biden basement campaign. Is He's not even doing events like I get that he's very popular, and I get that he had a, a fantastic term where I think he did some really amazing things. Um, but to say that Donald Trump is running a campaign is, I don't know, kind of like silly. I don't even see the campaign being run. I mean, again, you can like Trump and you can like DeSantis and you can compare their 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 you know various strategies. And again, Trump is going to be hard for any Republican to beat. But the idea that Trump is running a good campaign, I, I don't really see a campaign. 
because you're not you're not giving them enough credit. I mean, uh, who went to East Palestine, Ohio? Who's on Truth Social every day cutting videos? He was in Iowa. Truth he was in, he he was in <laughs> Iowa. Hold on, he was in Iowa. He was in New Hampshire. He doesn't have to go to every one of these stupid debates. He's up by fifty points. Right. Well, I mean, I thought that that was a mistake, and it turned out that probably it was because a lot of the candidates did make a mark. No, I, no, I, Trump is a no. great debater. Why not show up? You his, know, his, I, I think his, that that his, was an easy call. His lead lengthened from forty-four to forty-six points. You know, if the election was tomorrow, that would be maybe a good argument, yeah. but it's not tomorrow. Well, you I mean, better well, you, 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 you better hope that DeSantis finds a cure for cancer, but he's got no chance I, of winning I, anything. I, I, I have not endorsed any candidates. I am. I just want Joe Biden to lose. But I just think the idea that, you know, a campaign in September is confident in their results, you know, in January, February, March. I think that's a stretch. I've been around campaigns for a long time. I think anybody's super confident in September. It's like the Mets being confident in preseason. I like that. That's actually really <laughs> that's smart and really funny. And you know what I think about you. I think you're brilliant and 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 Thank great and all those I things. But but I hate I hate to break this here. It's over. It is over. Uh, all right. Well, we'll see. You know, I I remember uh, writing an article about how John McCain was going to be the nominee in December of, you know, 2007. And people called me crazy. So we'll see. All right. I think nothing is over until people vote. Okay, fair enough. Uh, Excellent. Excellent appearance. You got to keep coming back more. I love you. Thank you so much. Thank you, Sid. All right. Carol Markowitz doing a terrific job right there. And that conversation was brought to you by... My dear friend Pete Morgan, who's setting me up with the Giants and the Cowboys on Sunday night. Pete Morgan and Peerless Boilers. Check them out today, peerlessboilers.com, paviliontankless.com. They do build the world's best boilers. That brings me from one friend Pete to another, Arthur Turovitz, NJ Diet, folks, 855-5NJ-DIET, njdiet.com. Lose a contractually guaranteed 20 to 40-plus pounds in only 40 days with our sports wrap-up, usually Mondays, but yesterday being a holiday, it's Tuesday this week. My friend, Dr. T. Arthur, good morning, buddy. How are you? Good morning, Sid. Good morning. Yeah, happy Labor Day. Exciting time of the year. Uh, the the uh, football starting next week, which is great. Yeah, the Giants, Giants and Cowboys, Jets and the Bills. My Eagles are taking on the Patriots. My my dog has been taught to bark at Giants and Cowboy fans, and his <laughs> collar, his Eagles collar, is in the mail coming from Amazon. I'm ready to go. U.S. Open. You've been watching U.S. Open. It's been great, hasn't it? I haven't watched it uh, as much this year as last year. I got to be honest. And and again, I, I love tennis, and I played it my whole life, and I still play. But once football starts, like I, I'm not going to watch tennis over college football. Uh, so I'm not going to watch it over yep. the NFL. So once football starts, I like I love Coco Golf, and you know I'm a Boca guy. She grew up in in Coral Springs, Coconut Creek. So I feel like I have to root for her. So I've seen some of it. Oh, by the way, that Eagle Patriot game, where is that? Is that in Philly or New England? I think it's in New. I think it's in New England. Pretty okay, sure it's New it's, England it is. It is in Foxborough. Yes, because the Giants yeah. are home for Dallas on Sunday. I'll be at that game. Jets are home for the Bills on Monday. So we, tell me, what have you seen at the U.S. Open? You, you got a whole. You got a whole. You got a whole week before football starts. You had last night. You had a great uh, four. No, hour no. Last night I was yeah. watching Clemson Duke. That's a big college football game. I know. Uh, this is a four-hour, four, almost a five-hour match. War of attrition with, uh, what's his name, Sinner and Zverev. You got Coco, like you said, today. Two Americans tonight. You got Shelton going against Tiafo. That's going to be great. I'm going to hopefully be there later on today. 
you got Fritz, Taylor Fritz, another American, going up against Djokovic later on today. So you got three Americans in the, in the whole thing this week. And then put, if this is over on Sunday, we crank up the football starting on Sunday and Monday. It goes right to each other. It's beautiful. You can't do better. Phenomenal. Uh, so give me the uh, your prediction, men's and women's finals coming up at the U.S. Open, Dr. T. Who do you like? I think, I mean, I think it's going to be another a rematch of uh, Djokovic uh, and Alcaraz. It's going to be fantastic. And I think probably Djokovic edges them out, especially if it's hot, because Alcaraz has been known to cramp up. Uh, on the women's side, my girl, Irina Zabalenka, I'm going to go with that. That's my, my, that's, that's my hall pass for my wife, Irina Zabalenka, six foot tall and five, five foot of it is legs. That's my, uh, I, I love her. I think she's going to win it this year. So All right. Forward to seeing that. Well, we are going to save the tape, Arthur, and uh, see if you're right. Once again, that's my friend, Dr. T. Arthur Turovitz, pumped up with the U.S. Open Finals as Eagles and Patriots start the season this week. Giants and Cowboys, Jets and Bills, NJ Diet, lose a contractually guaranteed 20 to 40 plus pounds in just 40 days. 855-5NJ-DIET or NJDiet.com. We'll take a short break. More of Sid and Friends in the morning on a Tuesday right after this. There still may be some time Fly me away to the bright side of Seventy-seven WABC. This is Sid and Friends in the morning. Seventy-seven WABC. Welcome back. Your dreams were your ticket out. Welcome back to that same old place that you laughed about. Well, the names have all changed since you hung around, but those dreams have remained and they've turned around. Who'd have thought they'd need ya? Who'd have thought they'd need ya? Yeah, where we need ya. Welcome back, Carter, for your kids. Going back to school. Not my daughter. She goes to university in Europe. She leaves. Wow, she actually leaves two weeks from today been home for four months my son Gaby he starts high school on Thursday I'm just I, I can't believe it a little freaked out but I I know I get it this is all part of it I have a sister who keeps telling me every age is beautiful you know every I mean be quiet God <laughs> stupid I mean yeah I don't want my kid to go to college and then get, get move out and well it's different for you she's going to Europe well, that's Abe. I'm talking about Gabriel. Oh. Gabriel's starting high school yeah. on Thursday. It's freaking me out. Momentous. Very momentous, bro. It is momentous. But it's very emotional. And um, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm, Ava went away, and it's impossible when she leaves. It's impo- When he leaves, it's going to be brutal. But uh, I got four years, so 
Stupid to think about that. Yeah, now. you got some time. Yeah. The Big Tunnel to Towers <laughs> Foundation Walk Run. Something to look forward to. Yeah, right. <laughs> is coming up on Sunday, September the 24th. And all of us here at WABC are encouraging our loyal listeners to donate to our individual teams. We all have individual teams and being on the highest rated host, oh, I don't know, by a mile, maybe two miles, maybe ten. So clearly you love me the most. Donate to my team. That's right. Even guys at other stations will donate to my team. Mark Simone, for example, who we're having dinner with tonight, he'll donate to my team. And he's at WOR. Chris Oliveira will donate to my team, and he's at WFAN. Craig Carton will donate to my team. He's not even doing radio. He's on Fox TV. That's because we are Sid and Friends in the Morning. We're number one. So donate to my team. You can go to WABCRadio.com slash walk, click on my picture, and donate. Because I want to raise the most money because I'm a dick like that. And I just want to win everything. Oh. It's the Tunnel to Towers Foundation Walk Run. Let's never forget those that help America's heroes. And the Tunnel to Towers, of course, is near and dear to me. Now, you know the the um, the route they take, which I did this a couple of years ago, and it was, a, it was fun. You know, it was a good time. I know Doug was out there and Leslie and a few other folks. And uh, Greg Kelly was out there. He's a psycho. All he cared about was winning. I couldn't, and he did win. I mean, he's in good shape. <laughs> imagine that. Oh, he's a psycho. Yeah, oh my god! I, I, I just did wanted you, to finish. Should you just listen to yourself for two minutes? Well, I know, but this is different. I mean, come Don't on. Don't to my team. This was a boot camp. I mean, I yeah. am ahead by ten miles. <laughs> yeah. Well, did I, is 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 any of that not true? Didn't say. It is wasn't anybody at this station or anybody in this market, when it comes to political talk, even close? I didn't even. I didn't even question the accuracy no. of it. Your statement. I just approve of the chutzpah. How about that? Yeah, okay. <laughs> so uh, I did it a couple of years ago, and it was a lot of fun. And Greg Kelly's the <laughs> Greg Kelly's now. a psycho. <laughs> but um, how do you do this here? Go to wabcradio.com slash walk. First of all, click on my picture. You should just do it. It's only three miles. That day, I remember, it was warm out. We were wearing these uh, red T-shirts. And the Giants, was that opening week? was it opening week. It's like week three or week four. But I remember I was living on the Upper West Side, and I met Danielle, who was uh, taking a class at some spin place. And we had breakfast at the Metro Diner on 100th and Broadway, and then I went home and watched the Giants. But the morning started with this walk run, and it was great. I think I may have taken the ferry to the Ikea parking lot on the Brooklyn side, I believe. And like I said, Leslie was there, and... Dougie and Kelly and Dominic Carter, uh, my friend um, from Ch- uh, Cohen Children's Medical Center, Laura was there, McDonough. I think Juliet Huddy was still here, too. I think she was there. Anyway, you should run it. Lou, you should do it. Okay. Can I be on your team? Well, yes, but I'm not going to walk and run it because I'm busy that day. <laughs> Hold on a second. Why, why? Hold on. Yeah. You got it. You just talked. Well, I've about already done it. Six well, no, I've, I've you, already. You, you talked a lot of bravado yeah. right now. Would you agree with that? Well, I didn't say I was going to w- win the walk. I want to win the donations. I just uh, let Greg Kelly win that. I don't care. I want to win the donations. Okay. Well, it's called talk, walk the walk. I did walk. I did it already. Okay. Have you done it yet? I haven't done it. All right. What's what you know, I, say I that? not only did I do the walk, but mind you, I did something with Bernard God rest his soul on a Saturday. On a Saturday, where he and I walked up like 50 uh, flights of stairs for the Tunnel to Towers. He walked up and down the stairs like Bob Backlund. <laughs> I did all that stuff. 
Yeah. Bernard was there. That's good. Bernard actually did it twice. Wow. He kept himself in great cardiovascular shape. Yes, he he wasn't as strong shape. as me, but he kicked my ass in the ring. But he was able to run and walk. Part of the reason why his death was so tragic. I mean, he was in. Yeah. He was. He was doing great. He was I mean, obsessed. I, I remember during COVID. <laughs> talking about COVID with Carol Markowitz. I lived in a building on the Upper West Side, and 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 I remember I called the, I guess the the, the guy in charge at the during you know, the city the office, and I said, listen. Uh, you shut down the gym downstairs because you couldn't use it. It was a public thing. And I said, being I, I swear to God, being I spend the most money on rent, which I did at the time, I was spending almost $9,000. I said, I'm going to take all the gym equipment and put it in my belt, in my apartment. And I thought the guy was going to say, what are you, nuts? And he said, okay, fine. I'll leave the key with the guy downstairs. So sure. for like six months, all the gym equipment from my apartment building, like 100 units, I had it. So I, I, I had my own gym. But uh, Bernard... Um, Bernard uh, used to uh, work out outside. You know, he would run and, and do all that type of thing, and he would do pull-ups on the um, on uh, scaffolds, and it was just unbelievable what Bernie did. You yeah, know? he was crazy. So made it even doubly tragic that he passed away. Such a young man at 65. In fact, we're bringing on a doctor tomorrow to talk about prostate uh, issues and how you should get yourself checked early on. Is that right tomorrow? Is that tomorrow? That is indeed tomorrow, yes. And then I believe on Thursday night at this beautiful dinner, which I'm really excited about, uh, Cipriani's honoring my friend John Castamatidis and cousin Brucey. I believe uh, that me and Chad are going to honor Bernie that night as well. His family's going to be there, Carol and his kids. And, in fact, they're sitting with you guys. Yes. Right. Yeah, Very it's, nice. It's going to be a great event. We're looking It'll be big. To yeah. Is Joe Nolan going to this? He's not invited, is he? Well, he was invited to the last one. He was at last year. Oh, he yeah. looks so cute, too. I remember he wore a nice suit. <laughs> he did look yeah. cute. Yeah. Where is he? Let me talk to him. He'll get some traffic anyway. <laughs> Joe, are you coming to this uh, event on Thursday? Um, yeah, I'm going to try my best to. I'm, 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 um, I have something now that I have to do during the day yeah. or late in the day, like at 5 o'clock in mm-hmm. Livingston. So I don't know mm-hmm. if I'm going to be able to get there. But, what are you? Uh, what are you? What are you giving Aaron Rodgers oral at the Short Hills oh Mall? My oh my God! Well, <laughs> not quite that. No, but, but close. But close. <laughs> no, but uh, <laughs> he signed up for the lower fee thing. That's all. You brought it up, oh. Sid. Yeah. I love my Jets. I love my Jets. Love my Jets. Here we go, baby. Give me the Friday night. What is it? Monday night. We're ready, good man. Let's go. Talk Radio 77 WABC. 77 WABC. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. No, I get by with a little help from my friends. Smash mouth for you. Steve Harwell passed away yesterday, my age, 56. So we're done with the tributes. Jimmy Buffett. I think Buffett got screwed today. I think he only got one song, 5 o'clock somewhere. We didn't even play Margaritaville. That's terrible. You're going to play it on the way out, I guess. No. What do you mean, no? What the hell's the matter with you? God. Tell, you me, tell me you're not sick of that song. Well, I am sick of that song. All right. 
I'm sick of a lot of things, including you right now. I don't blame you. There's the Imus moment for you right there, right there. I can never get sick of you, Lewis. You're just, (laughs) to be completely honest, you're brilliant. Pick up the call quick. Mike Sullivan wants to bitch about the U.S. Open. Everybody loves Mike Sullivan. Breezy Point, Rockaway, Curtis Sliwa, Brennan and Carr, all of it. I only got about two minutes here, Mike. So, um, And by the way, I saw your mom with Thomas uh, at the ferry on Friday, your beautiful mother. Uh, that was a lot of fun. I, I, I didn't see her July 4th. She was upstairs sleeping. So tell me what happened at the U.S. Open that you're compelled to call in today. Okay. So I don't usually call in, Sid, but I appreciate it. Um, of course. My wife is heading there today with my buddy, uh, we'll call him Professor Numbers. Peter's with me right now. The great Pete Castellano. No, no, oh. no. The great Pete Numbers professor at Hofstra University. Oh, my buddy Pete. Yes, yes. Gl- I love Pete. Yes, that, gl- that gladly hangs a picture of Ronald Reagan in his office yeah. with a bunch of liberal professors. But anyway, uh, Pete, uh, ex- explain what we witnessed the other day. Yeah, I said uh, they're celebrating uh, 50 years of equal pay for women in tennis. And to me, that's the biggest injustice in sports. No, what you, no, no, hold on. No, hold on. I'm going to stop you for one second, Pete. You know I love you. I know you love me. Um, I'm going to tell you this. I believe there are sports where women do deserve equal pay. In soccer, in fact, I think women deserve more. Uh, now, I guess you're right. I guess tennis is still about Nadal, Federer. I mean, Serena had a good run, Martina. Well, well, what were you going to say? Go ahead. There, there, there are three things. First of all, you take the top, the top college Male tennis play would wipe the floor of, of the top number one. That's true. Player, number That's one. True. Right. Number two, women play two out of three. Men play three out of five. That's in the, true. In these and number and the biggest here's the biggest reason of all. Go right now to Ticketmaster.com and look at the price of men's finals and semifinals versus women's finals and semifinals. Uh, it's triple the price. You made a great it's argument, and I'll tell you something else. And it, no, revenue. you're right. They don't. And, and it's one thing when Serena was great or Martina. I'm a pretty good tennis fan, not as big as you guys, but I know this. I know Nadal. I know Federer. I know Djokovic. I can give you ten men and probably can't name, unless you're a real avid tennis fan and heading out there, there's not really a very famous female. Do you know a female today, Lewis? A, a Coco Goff. Okay, there's one. You, you've got it. You've right. got it. And 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 the number one female tennis player changes almost daily. And if you look at the finals, often you'll see the number twenty three uh, woman player playing the number fourteen woman player. Yep. There's just no stability in women's. And the, the bottom line is the interest in women's tennis is not as as big. And I was at the and I see them. They're praising Billie Jean King. Michelle Obama is there with her husband praising her. <laughs> And then the, the biggest joke is at the end, they have a video screen showing all of the tennis players thanking Billie Jean King. Ugh. And half of the tennis players thanking her were males. Right. What are they thanking her for? Thank you, Billie Jean, for giving, taking our money and giving it to the women. <laughs> was, uh, Pete, you I just made a great case. Pete, you just made a – and I'm not a big fan of Billie Jean. By the way, the, the guy she beat years and years ago was – that was some hack. <laughs> he wasn't – I have – reason to believe that that he fixed that. Bobby Riggs made a lot of money, I think, jumping jumping that game. But uh, it just <laughs> he used to go to the beach club I belong to. And oh, is I that right? A, yeah. No, listen, big, you uh, made you uh, made you made some very good arguments, Pete. Thank you, thank you, Mike. In that, you know, that's again, why I'm, that's why I'm staying home, Sid. Today, I'm not going. You're not going. I'm not going. <laughs> All right. No, All right. I'm not. All right, Mike. I love you. Thank you. I got to run. But Look, to their point, uh, you know, I can't name a lot of the big female tennis players anymore. The one look, I think soccer is fair. 
because our, uh, the women's soccer team is better than the men. I mean, they, they compete every year. This year was a huge disappointment, and we all hate Megan Rapinoe, so that's fine. But women's soccer, I, I do believe, has earned the right. But outside of the World Cup, when do you watch women's soccer? When do I watch men's soccer? Okay. Never. But, but it does have a big, much bigger following. Well, there's nobody like in women's soccer. You don't have like a Messi who would come over to the um, yeah, MLS, and now everybody's right. going to those games. That's right. Look what he oh, did. you guys are just uh, the, the worst kind of chauvinists. I, I, I was just saying, I'm embarrassed like, to work with you two guys. Caroline Wozniak, he retired God. for three years, had two kids, and now she's coming back and getting into the fourth round at the U.S. Open. Isn't she married to like an NBA player or something? Uh, no, Rory McIlroy was her boyfriend, right? Something like the that. The golfer. And, he, and I think she broke his heart. Oh. Well, anyway, listen, uh, Mike <laughs> Sullivan, Pete, Lou, Justin, congratulations. You win the chauvinist uh, <laughs> award of the day. Hope you're happy now. I hope my mom didn't hear that one. I don't oh care God. who gets paid in tennis. That wouldn't stop me from going. I love Pete and Mike, but I, wouldn't, I, I couldn't care less. You know? I, I don't care, by the way. Yeah, that's fine. Right. I, that wouldn't keep me home, not from the beautiful U.S. Open, so. No, other things would keep me home. <laughs> uh, Mike and Pete are crazier than uh, the, the rest of you people. Anyway, it's been a great show. I mean, I don't want these broads making any cash. I think she was married to George Murison. Is that right? No. No, I don't think so. No. no. (laughs) I saw Um, Who is uh, the number one female tennis player in the world right now? That is a really good question. No, no, you know? I have no idea. (laughs) (laughs) uh, Well, look at that argument. Let's go right now. Let's see. (laughs) All right, we're done. Great job by all of our guests today. You guys, as always, were brilliant. Not good, but brilliant. I did miss you over the three-day holiday. Lewis, Justin, Noam, great. Jimmy Flippin, welcome back. we got a huge show planned for tomorrow. In fact, all week long, we've got monster shows. Phil Sims going to be here on Thursday getting ready for Giants and Cowboys Sunday night. we done for it today. Until tomorrow, everybody, from all of us to all of you. Yeah.